you taught me some of it. I'm like, so can I have the rest of it? And you're like, no. I was like, all right. <laughs> you, were like, you were like, go fuck yourself. Hello, and welcome to the Martial Mind Podcast. We are three students of Shaolin Kung Fu discussing how training shapes our view of the world. I'm Ed, and today, Ryan, John, and I are joined by the illustrious Sifu Lloyd. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys so you, much. You have really been. They can't. Uh, they can't see it, but I, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's you, not the rouge. It's pure emotion. Yeah. It's yeah. pure emotion. Uh, you you've been an, an integral part in all of our coming up. You know, like mm. like the um your other name is Uncle Sifu. You know, oh, really? Uncle Sifu, yeah. That sounds like a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm surprised you've never heard I've, before. I've had, yeah. many, I've had many names throughout the years, but I don't think Uncle Sifu has been one of them. Yeah. I, I, I wear that with pride. Yeah, because if, if Seagong is dad, you're definitely Uncle Sifu. Uh, you know? I definitely wear that with pride. <laughs> I'm everybody's uncle. I got like everybody's I'm, like nieces, nephews all over the place. So, you know. The uncle all over the I'm place all, anyway. I'm uncle right. to like everybody. You know? you know? The man from uncle. The man from <laughs> So yeah, I mean, just as a as a quick little recap, uh, we are kind of um, moving in from last week. We are inching ever closer to the sash test, which is very exciting. Dun, dun, dun. Super exciting. And our dread is growing. <laughs> I, I sense a lie. I detect lies. No, I'm, I am. I am very happy. The excitement over. Yes. I'm excited. I'm the excitement is excited. from fear. It's, it's a lot of fear. Ass whooping you'll ever take. That's. I What's funny was... is we didn't prep him that that's what they call it, and we talked the last episode about how they call it the last. Oh no, no, no! Thing, I've so. been. I've been. I know. I am well aware that it's <laughs> that that it's like it's like it's almost over, but it's also called an ass whooping. Here we so got you going for black. My brother going for red. Yeah, it, it's a huge uh, test. It's be a we huge have test. it's yes. one going for black. There's three. Oh no! There's two. Oh, isn't Adrian? Seagong's son isn't is Adrian going for red sash. Well? So there's two people going for black. But Adrian's sash. testing as well. There's mm-hmm. two people going for red sash. There's like two or three people going. Two for people purple. going for purple sash. I think one going for green. Some whites in there. Sprinkled citrus colors all over the place. <laughs> it's a very you high know, level test. And we haven't had a test like this since before the pandemic. Um, I guess it's, it's like my very, black sash test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very exciting, to, you know, to have you guys coming up. But as an instructor, it's a very long fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> it's long. Yeah, you know, it's long. So, you know, you're sitting there, you're watching students, and you're, uh, you know, not judging. Yeah, it's kind of like, like being at a tournament, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You, you know, not that you guys have been to tournaments yet, but you will. Uh, judging people's forms. Mm. And, you know, no, that's not wrong and not staying awake the whole time and getting you guys through the test and motivated to not quit, you know, because my job is to try to make you quit. You yes, know? Well, I love, I uh, love the, I love the, the, um, the, uh, distinct difference in energy where it's like you're, you're testing and you're like, all right, don't fucking, don't, don't throw up, don't pass out, don't get knocked out. And then like for the instructors, it's like you're waiting for like a connecting flight at LaGuardia. You're just like sitting there like, can we hurry this yeah. shit up? Like, oh yeah, exactly. It's like, we well, mean the flight got canceled again. You know, like you sit at the gate for seven hours and you're like, fuck, we running. That's exactly what it, that's exactly yeah. what it feels like. It's like, yeah. it's like you're just been at the mall for too long. Like you finished your shopping. Now like your spouse is shopping and you're like, I want to fucking go Like home. your like, back hurts is- from the worst physical experience of your life and my back hurts because i haven't moved in three hours right, right. you know 
God damn. Then I gotta no. get up and kick your ass. No, that's that is that is part. true. It is the because I've also sat in on a few tests where it's like longer ones where you gotta get and then Seagull's like, all right, let's spar. And I'm like, I what? Yeah. <laughs> My bones made I feel like I'm made out of wood. Like I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you're like you're watching yeah. a kid's test and there's like four adults going and so one of them's an orange station. I gotta and do three like, rounds. Like, all right, it. get in there and you're like <laughs> well, that's the thing too, because then it's also it's the pressure of like Seagull watching you spar and how you're sparring, like how the black sessions are sparring. So you also don't want to look. Yeah. Look so like, on the flip side of that, you know, you've never experienced having to spar somebody for a test after an advanced class. That has happened to me one time. Oh. Oh, so there was an advanced cl- advanced class. Then the test happened. Then the, the guy had to finish up his sparring. Oh. Oh, was yeah, yeah, that? Because sometimes it all happened. Adrian? No. Oh. No. Somebody got injured, Did right? You, no, yeah. Do you remember uh, Seafood Jared that came to visit? I don't know if I was there for that, but yeah. maybe so, briefly. Well, my my uh, other training brothers, and I use brother immensely because he is one of my brothers. So we're training in advanced class. Some, yeah, some, so, you know, he got injured. So we're training, and class is over, and we're, like, high-fiving each other. Oh, it's such a great class. And he just comes down the stairs and, like, dude, you missed class. He's like, no, I'm here to finish my test. Oh, so this uh, is at the Farmingville School? Yes. So can you describe for the listeners the Farmingville School, like the first school? The temple. The temple. <laughs> the <Yes>. temple. <laughs> We're off to a great start already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Farmingville. Uh, so it is a little nook in, far- obviously, Farmingville. Town of Farmingville uh, <laughs> that I used to drive past every freaking day. You can curse. It's all good. Okay. Thank you. Every, every fucking day. There we go. There, <laughs> there we go. There it is. I used to drive past it every day because Seagull see, uh, had a sign out there with martial arts but it was an office building and i thought they were like in construction building the school so i used to drive past it every day for like a couple of years as when did this fucking school going up <laughs> <laughs> not knowing not knowing that it was downstairs in the basement right already in full full swing already right? yeah. in full swing you know so if you you know it was like little office building not very big uh and it had its own parking lot, parking and everything like that. Perfect area for, for Kung Fu school. Uh, but, you know, you go down there and it's, you go down the steps. And as you go down the steps, you, you start to feel this, I don't want to say eerie, but different feeling as you're walking down the steps. Like you're getting into something. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to get mugged. You're getting into something because you can, hear, you can hear the music. You can actually smell the incense as you're walking downstairs Ooh. because there's incense everywhere. And you can see the lights coming from the, you know the windows you can't see in it because they're, they're all fogged up with people sweating in there you know wow. but then you, you start hearing you start hearing yelling and music and stuff like that you walk in and it's and there was a literal fire door you had to get through to get into the place you know so if that door ever got bolted you, you're fucked because there's no other way to get out of that place <laughs> Shit. it was definitely not not you know, the code it was not, not the code at all <laughs> you know uh so, yeah, so when you walk in, and as soon as you walk in, it's like walking into China, dude. It's like the wood floor. It was bright red. It had the symbol of the yin and yang on it, painted in red and blue. They see Buddhas everywhere. It's like the Thousand Buddha Hall, you know, and music playing, incense burning. You know, on the back wall, it's just like a row of mirrors uh, and murals everywhere. He had a pond in the sun. It, it looked like our school, but it was just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it was awesome. And I walked in there the first time because I had been to other schools before that. And I walked into the school and immediately noticed something different. 
you know, because you walk into other schools and it's like walking into an operating room. It's like very cold and, yeah. you know, generic. You know, and you walk into this school and it's like, hmm, something a little different about this place. You, you know? just look in the mirror, you're like already bald. Yeah. I see a lot of modern schools like, you know, like, like they'll be... Um, more like a mixed mixed martial art type of thing. Like they'll do some rolling and they'll do some striking and they'll do some some this and some that. Like a lot of those places, you'll see like tactical defense and whatnot. They'll do they'll bring in people, do knife stuff, gun knife stuff. defense, birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, stop, yeah, stop, stop, rape, and it's in your five year old. You know, yeah. so we, we, but we did white. we did all that, but on a wooden floor. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that they're, they're these white, like crisp, clean, like everything is is just open. Get and cubbies no, for shoes. Yeah, and I know, but our our. I love our school because there's just there's just shit to use everywhere. It's great. It's like, oh, let me grab a spear off the wall. Let me grab the double axes. Let me grab a guanda. Let me grab some pads. We'll hit some pads. Let me yeah. do some pull-ups. You know what I mean? It's, it's Definitely yeah. has good personality. So, I can't imagine what the... It, yeah, but yeah. It, you know, it's, it's like the school is now, but it was a little bit more... Because uh, it, it's been there. It was there for so long. Like, that was his first school. So, like, you know, you walk in there and the lighting was kind of like this. You know, so it wasn't very bright. Like how the school is, like bright. It wasn't mm. that bright. So you walk in there, you already walk in there with like a dim mm. kind of like vibe oh, to so it. Oh, it's kind of like you're like the, like the candle lit. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the thing. kung fu. Yeah. I don't know if you you guys are old enough to watch the kung fu series from David Carradine yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch. <laughs> I used to watch the 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 '90s one. Yeah, with my with my grandfather. Nah, oh, the '90s. Yeah, that one sucked. Though. That one was. Not <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most remakes <laughs> of stuff in the '90s were not. No, good. I'm talking about yeah, the it old. It was like David Carradine. Yeah, just so happened to have an illegitimate child that he found and had to train. Had to train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's was that was what was Farmingville, you know. Uh, so that was my first experience with a legitimate uh, traditional kung fu school. You know, uh, now, had so, you had you trained anything prior to kung fu? Or? I trained uh, when I was in college. I trained karate for a while. Now everybody trains karate, you know. Uh, so I trained in that, and then uh, I was always around martial arts, but you know, I was never. Uh, I never had the opportunity to formally study, right? Because number one, my parents didn't want to pay for it. They didn't have a car to drive me to classes, you know. Uh, so any book I could get my hand on, any video I was watching, I was like, you know, doing stuff in the backyard and, you know, flipping, kicking, all kinds of stuff. And my, my actual first memory of how I fell in love with Kung Fu uh, was I was watching David Carradine, right? And... I just finished watching the show, and I was just like, voila! I, I, I must have been like, how old? I must have been like five. Oh, wow. Five years old. And I remember uh, kicking my sister, you know, because she's like two years younger than me. <laughs> That's not where I thought that was going. Immediately attacking family yeah. members. You know, like throwing kicks at my sister, and, she's, and she ran, and I'm running after her. And then in the house we lived in, I don't know if you remember, uh, the when you go into the front uh, door, they have these little parlors. Like when you get into the main... To the main the like a vestibule? The vestibule, yeah. yeah. And then they go upstairs. So it had like a little stained glass door. So she runs behind it. I'm running. Ah! Oh, no. And she closes it. And I throw one of my David Carradine kicks and crack the glass. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. And when you're a kid, your life feels like it's over. Dude. That happens. Don't I'm like, that's mom, it. I'm getting guillotined. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell mom. No, mom yeah. was right there. Yeah. Mom was right mom there. witnessed and, just watching the whole time. Executioner's and mom played on, it up like, like you wait till your father gets home. Oh, yeah, yeah. there it is. So that was 
the love-hate relationship she had with martial arts. She's just like, he's going to destroy the fucking house. You know? <laughs> she's a small child yeah. learning martial arts in yeah. your house. <laughs> oh, man. You know? and, I had a, to the walls. and I had an uncle who was a karate, uh, black belt in karate. He used to teach me stuff. She's like, stop stealing him shit because he's breaking up the house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I've been through four sofas yeah, already. Yeah, you know, so it was like I always had a, uh, an understanding that I, I was always going to train martial arts. Since like little, 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 I was always going to train martial arts. I just never had the opportunity to, you know. So when I was in college, uh, there was a karate class. I took that for like a semester. Uh, got my like a white belt. I got a yellow belt or something like that in, in college. Mm-hmm. Imagine I getting a yellow belt in karate in college. In karate, <laughs> college class. Got two credits and a belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> belt. You know, that was my PE. Uh, and then That's after funny. that, what did I do after that? I found this guy who was teaching uh, an offshoot style of hunger, uh, which wasn't, I won't say real. Yeah, it wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but, yeah, but, you know, the, I don't know how I found him. I know how I found him. You know, it's, you know, it was a thing that you guys might not be privy to. It's called the Yellow Book. The Yellow, the yellow Pages. <laughs> yellow yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I would thumb to the yellow pages and then, you know, that whatever ad caught my eye, that's what I would call, you know. So I called this guy up and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm ex- still accepting students and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you got to go through an interview process first. You know, so sounded legit. So, yeah, you got to come to my house and we got to talk for a little bit. So, I was, all right, so give me the address. The fucking guy living in Fort Salonga. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so it took me like an hour and a half to get there. So... And again, in true mystical kind of kung fu sage fashion, fashion, I get to his house, and he takes me into his study, and the lighting is like lower than this, and he sit, he is sitting in a chair like that, and we're sitting, I'm sitting in the chair, like trying to, like it's almost like a job interview. Yeah, you know I was gonna saying? say, it's like, yeah. it sounds like a job interview. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're sitting there talking, we're resume. talking for two, yeah. two fucking hours, two hours, wow. you know, so. You think, oh, this guy, you know, must know his shit. Hopefully, at least got like, you know, dental out of it. Yeah, dental, <laughs> dental yeah. 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 You know, so uh, he's like, yeah, the classes are this. And he told me about the class schedules and things like that, and then he told me the price. So he charged by the lesson, and he charged thirty-five dollars a lesson. So if you so want thirty-five dollars a day, basically. Basically, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I wasn't making, you know. Any real money, so I can. And what always, is this? Is this the early '90s? I'm imagining. This is before I even knew what Seagull's name was. So this is probably like maybe three or four years before I joined Authentic Shaolin. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you're talking like the, you're talking at least, at least like '95. I would uh, no earlier than that. Earlier than that. Yeah. Early than that. I'm saying probably like maybe '92, '93. Hmm. So if yeah. you take that and you go say four weeks, five days out of the week. 35 times 20. I think it's $8,000. $700 a month in 19... The year in, in the, the year I was born, 1989. Right? Think wow. You were born in 1989? Yeah. Fuck you. Sorry. 91. <laughs> Sorry. 91? 91. 94. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're we're a bunch of tadpoles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the old man in the group here. I just graduated college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're 89, that's why I graduated high school. Nice. <laughs> now, with um, wow. kind of with with training. I mean, really, you know, in in us being at the school, you know, we kind of. I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, Sifu really is, you know, kind of the ac- 
like longest running active like continuous student basically like mm-hmm. under 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 Seagong, I, I would say um, for you in kind of carrying the experience of all the different schools and kind of seeing the evolution of both training and kind of things changing over time um, and with the school being traditional of course stuff is some stuff has remained the same um, has there been any big things for you in either you know um, training or philosophy that was like started one way and then kind of evolved over time because I know even you and you and Seagong will, will say like hey we used to do stuff like this but now we do it a little bit differently or we do does that does that make sense yes uh, everything <laughs> uh, because I was a different I had a different mindset back then you know uh, but my understanding of traditional kung fu was it was written in stone that was my mindset back then so if there was a certain way to train it was a certain way to do this a certain way to do that and you know as you train you know that that's not the case mm. you know what i mean because the more you research the more you realize that throughout its history every single style has evolved depending on geographic you know uh the type of government that controls wherever the martial art came from, uh, wars, all kinds of stuff. So it's in constant flux, mm. in cl- constant flux. So the in my understanding, as it come up, the term traditional and modern doesn't really exist. It's just a it's just a term to recall stuff, just to label stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So traditional martial arts, modern martial arts, it doesn't really exist. It's just martial arts. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the way, and the way that you choose to practice. Right? Correct. You know. So, but in saying that, you need someone to guide you along the way. So nobody can really teach you that whole thing. Nobody can really teach you. You can only find somebody who's had that experience to guide you. You know what I mean? Because again, my experience and what I've done and come up is a lot different than you guys. But you guys have gone through the same training that I have for the most part. Cool. You know, but back then when I was coming up and you guys, the training was a lot harder. And not that you guys are not training hard, so I don't want to make it sound like you guys are not getting a good experience, but we didn't train that smart back then. Mm. So mm. we are training you guys smarter, right? Cool. So back then, somebody got hurt, wrap that shit up, get back on the floor. Mm. You know? Yeah, tough it up kind of thing. Yeah, and, it was yeah. no, it, it was a lot more like survival of the fist kind of training a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, sparring, we, we, you know, we didn't wear gear. You know, we wore mouthpiece. I wore mouthpiece because, you know, I don't want my teeth busted. But every Friday I was walking out with a black eye, busted lip, you know, some, some kind of contusion. I was walking out of it every single Friday. Mm-hmm. And we sparred every single Friday. Mm-hmm. It without fail, you know. Uh, from the white, from the little tadpoles all the way up to like you know black oh, wow. sashes and stuff like that. Everybody was on the floor. Uh, you know, it wasn't packed week to week, but it was packed. Like how was well last night? That was a big class. Yeah. It was a big class, but that was our Friday nights. You know what I mean? Because you had no choice. There was no all right. You know, you if you didn't spar, it was like what the fuck you going? You were made to feel like mm. you know it was like dude. Well, you're a pussy. You don't want to get on the floor, you know. <laughs> but it wasn't to the point where you were just thrown in and maliciously to get hurt. It was just expected. You expected to spar. Mm-hmm. At least to get the experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody had to fight. Everybody had to spar. You know, and it was the same same thing. You know, you had to be a certain sash level. And then you would get in there and you would 
you would start to learn and it would pick up at a certain pace, you know what I mean? Then depending on who you were sparring, you know, that pace would have been a little bit tougher, mm. you know. <laughs> uh, but again, when we first started, we, it was an amalgamation of any, any, an evolving of understanding how to train because we didn't wear gear. The closest gear we wore was the little... Uh, gloves like the bad gloves like the MMA gloves yeah the Chuckies right? yes yeah. exactly because mm-hmm. what we wore were the bad gloves that had Sentry on them from Chuck Norris so we called them Chuckies mm-hmm. yeah that's what we mm-hmm. used to spar with mm-hmm. right so you get hit with those slightly less padding yeah. they're, they're not exactly pillows <laughs> exactly and just having a and fiat knuckle, on your fist and the <laughs> knuckle has like limited padding on it so if you get hit with it you would feel mm. a lot it's more for your skin than the other person exactly it doesn't do <laughs> well, anything for, your hand for the person than for their face it doesn't health. do shit for the person that you're fighting against <laughs> you know, so, so this protects their face right their face this is not for their face this is not for their face no we you don't need a, a face if you really train so as we started to Evolve. we started noticing, you know, because only so many people are going to want to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? And people started dropping off. They started dropping off. People started getting hurt a lot more. So it was like, you know, maybe we should wear hair gear. All right? Maybe we should change <laughs> to 16-ounce gloves. And, you know, the stu- once we did that, we noticed people started enjoying it coming more. And then we started building up a lot more uh, mm. students because of that. You know? mm-hmm. So there's a way to train. Like today's training is on point when you see professional fighters train that's the way to train fight training that's the way to train every single martial arts school should be doing fight training along with traditional self-defense and everything like that you should be learning how to do fight training because without fight training your body does has no defense against getting hit getting rocked i mean locking people up throwing people to the floor that's all great until you take a good shot that's cool yeah, like Mike Tyson quote. Exactly. Right? Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I've been punched in the face, kicked numerous times. Yeah. You know, I can literally say I've been hit by some of the best martial artists on the East Coast. You know, <laughs> whether it be a seminar, or a tournament, whatever. You know, and a lot of times it was, you know, and I've done my fair share of competing, but a lot of times it was like us going to somebody's school or somebody coming. Most of the times, somebody coming down on Fridays that wanted to fight, you know, and you guys really experienced that too much, but it used to happen a lot back in the day. And you know. with, with that, um, leading into, we'd like, love to hear a little bit more about your experience as a student moving into kind of competing and Qigong having you fight and kind of what, how that started and kind of where that, where that went to for you. Yeah. You know, it was different, you know, so like you guys have been bugging the shit out of me about competing and, <laughs> you know, and I get it because I was that too. I get it. You want to test what you know. You want to, you know, you want to fuck somebody up when you know. <laughs> I get it. I, I totally get it. And, you know, it's not that you shouldn't compete. It's a lot different now because the tournaments now are not at like they were back in the day. Uh, so when we used to, when I used to compete, you know, it was, you know, continuous fighting you know it wasn't you know there was you know if you went to depending on the tournament you went to some had point fighting but most of the tournaments we went to was con- continuous fighting so it lasted uh, maybe like two or three you know minutes around you get like fight for two or three rounds you know and they put you in there and they say go and you just go for for whatever time if somebody got hurt or out of the ring they bring you back in and you're just fighting for like three minutes kind of like what we do on friday nights but up to like the 10th power mm. wow you know what I'm saying? So there wouldn't be times where, you know, 
I, <laughs> we used to, yeah, there used to be a, uh, the, one of the hugest tournaments on the East Coast was called the Wong Fei Hong Tournament. And it was run by a, a Sifu, uh, called, uh, Sifu Frankie, uh, the Honga st- uh, system. He's Honga. Uh, so we used to go there like every year, you know. And the schools that win the most medals would win this flag, you know. So we would come home with flags like every, every single year, you know. But the sparring was hard, you know. So after everybody would get done doing their forms and weapons, and this was a rule. You know, you can go there, you can do whatever form weapon you want, but you had to fight. So it was forms, weapons, fighting, and you had no choice. You had no choice. Well, I just want to do this. And I, don't go to a tournament. <laughs> that was Seagull's, you know, mentality. Don't go to a tournament. You ain't, you ain't, you can't prepare to, to do this. Don't go. You know, so people are like, okay, we'll fight. You know, <laughs> so you get in there and then you get, you know, because when I came up sparring, I hated sparring, hated fighting, hated sparring. Wanted to do it. But hated it, you know. So I wasn't somebody who was uh, an in, in-your-face confrontational person. I'm still not, you know, for the most part. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't that guy, you know what I'm saying? So my biggest thing when I started learning how to sparring, as soon as you step in front of somebody, you feel that level of that confrontation, mm-hmm. right? He's standing in front of you, standing in front of him. You start to feel that butterfly feeling and stuff like that. That was the kind of thing that... I had to get over, mm. you know, I had to get over, you know, and then once you start sparring, you start to realize people's nature, you know, and you realize, oh, he must feel it just as much as I do, mm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean, so it's not like, like, to me, every person I stood in front of, oh, he, he must be a badass, he must be a badass, he must be a badass, this is me playing in my head, right, right, right. you know. Not realizing that not realizing. they're more than likely feeling the same thing. That exactly. You're, you're just psyching yourself out at that point, exactly. right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so I, me coming up, I had to learn how to be a fighter because I, I wasn't a fighter. You know, and most people can't admit that to themselves. Some people have a natural tendency to, to, to be a fighter and some people don't. Mm. And some people are groomed that way. And I was one of those people that were groomed that way. Mm. And the way it was groomed that, I got that single size 11. <laughs> Get in there, boy. <laughs> you know, because that what was done to him. Yeah. You know, so any tournament, and my first tournament was not in the United States. Mm-hmm. So my first tournament, I think I was, I don't even think it was an orange sash yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was a yellow sash or, or just got my orange sash, and we go to Puerto Rico. So we go to Puerto Rico, um, we compete, everything, and... Uh, a whole bunch of us go, and we're there and doing our forms, doing our fi- weapons, doing our fighting, and you know, in my mind, also, you know, martial arts is about discipline, it's about respect. The same thing I tell you guys, right? But what you come to realize is not everybody has that same integrity, mm-hmm. you know. So just because they bow to you, stand in front of you, they go to bow to you, yeah, we'll get you, motherfucker, yeah, yeah. And that's what they're saying under their breath, but they do this to you, you know. And me, I'm thinking, all right. We're gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna fun. work. We're gonna work. Nah, that's not how it is. They're there to win. They're, mm. they're fighting. They're there to win. So that's a that's a lesson that has to be learned. So if you're gonna get in there and you're gonna tussle with somebody, you gotta come to fight. There's the discipline. There's the respect. But that happens usually after you're done. Mm. So it's supposed to happen when you're first on the on the floor with somebody. 
Yeah, but you don't know this person. Like you know your training brothers and your training sisters in school, mm-hmm. right? So you know about what level to go at. But when you're, you know, and that's another way I learned. We we go to different schools. You know, yeah, I don't know this guy. You know, we're, we're kind of cordial because we're training together. But I don't really know him. He's not my my trainer, but he's not my classmate. So when we start going, egos start flying. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not an ego person. You know, everybody has ego, but I'm not an ego right. person. You know what I mean? You don't wear it as a t-shirt. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't immediately want to start dominating stuff, you know, because I, I'm not that, that person. You know what I mean? But the person in front of you might be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to understand that, that dynamic and prepare yourself for that. So kind of compartmentalizing the situation, knowing what kind of energy you need to be putting forward exactly. and what the situation calls exactly. for. Exactly. So, yeah, so I don't want to stoop to the level of the person in front of me if he's a dick. You know what I mean? So, you know, so, you know he's like, oh, yeah, let's get it on. So, okay. You know, you put your best foot forward, and then after that, you'll gain respect. You is, know? is that how that first tournament went for you? That it, was that I got my ass whooped. <laughs> I got my ass whooped. You have to pull it out of him, John. Yes. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm just... I got my ass handed to me. Wow. Yes. So did you was it was it um did you fight one person or did you fight multiple people or was it for for the first I did one round. One, one round. fight. That was it. That was it. But that's your, how you learn. Mm. You know, that's how you learn. So I got up there and it wasn't it was uh they divided everybody by how long you were training. Mm. So beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So beginner was like one to three years, and intermediate was like five something years. Or something like that. So I'm supposed to be fighting a beginner. It wasn't a beginner. No, no shot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he trained like four years or something like that, and I was training like one, a year and a half or two, you know. And it was going all right, you know. And you don't really know what the rules are. He was supposed to do. So we're fighting everything like that. And he sweeps to the floor and boom, and cracks me good on the ground. And I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> so I get up, you know, and I turn the seagull and he goes like this. He puts his hands up. So now I'm heated. I'm hot. And then we go on like 30 seconds. Stop. Time's up. Done. That's my, mm. that's your experience, you know. And then from there, the next tournament, you learn more. And the next tournament, you learn more. The next tournament, you learn more. Hmm. You know, I was fighting in a tournament that we actually hosted. And I'm fighting this guy. And I think that at that time, it was a green sash. Uh, and we're going, we're going, we're going. And it's supposed to be continuous contact. So continuous is different than full contact. Full contact is what you're trying to knock your opponent out. Hmm. Continuous is you're fighting, but it's built off of who's dominating fight. And you build up points that way. So it's a little different. So you're not really trying to knock your opponent out. Mm. If it does, it happens by accident. Mm. But you're not trying to knock your opponent out. And that's what we're going to be doing in October. What? That's what Sewan was saying. He wants us to do continuous before we do Sanda. Yes. And I know you guys were like, well, no, I want to do Sanda. But you haven't done it yet. I I actually don't want to do Sanda right now. (laughs) But if you want to. I'll watch. You know what I mean? I'll root for you. I'll wear an yeah. Ed t-shirt. I'll wear, you wear an Ed t-shirt? Yeah. Just me on, the, me on the shirt with, like, yeah. like, it's like, just, like in pigtails. Like. It's just, yeah. it's just you, you're fighting your girlfriend and some guy who maybe they think is your man mistress out there. Just like, yeah. yeah. We're not dating. I'll, I'll, I'll be the Why do you the have camera. to yell that? We're not dating. I mean, the, 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 only, the only reason I'm telling you guys that is that you have yet to get knocked out. I've been knocked out. I've been thrown through. I've been all that. 
You know. oh, I've been knocked out. <laughs> no, I mean knocked out. Oof. Like out, out. Like, like out. Like, yes, like out. You know, I've had my solar plexus blasted where you had to drop down and you couldn't breathe for like oh. a minute, minute and a half. Jeez. You know, I've had, you know, I have, I've had stuff like that, you know. So that immediately changes your perspective on should I be here or not? <laughs> oh, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's, it's not so much the physical ability to fight. It's the mental preparedness. Mm. Right. right, and nothing prepares you for fighting like fighting. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, again, back in the day, it was just like, all right, just get in there, and fight. You'll learn. You know, but you're only gonna keep the people who gravitate towards that. Mm. You know what I mean? I could have been like, nah, this ain't for me, and quit. But I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But something inherent in me was just like, you know, nah, fuck that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel, it makes you feel, made me feel weak, right? And I didn't want to feel weak, you know? So even though I was scared and sometimes I shied away from it, I forced myself to do it. Hmm. It's, um, you know? it's, it's to, almost to that point, it's something that even we were talking about yesterday, just kind of with us sparring and, and you know, clearly as you get to, uh, you know, advanced level or higher level there's a different level of scrutiny that we find we put ourselves under where we're just like man what the fuck are we doing you know yeah. like so there's and it's it is yeah and, like and we yellow sash punched me in the face yeah and goes it's frustrating isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah and we've and we've spoken about that where it's like you know just you know sparring really being like one of the hardest things not just because it's physically taxing and you have to really work your techniques under serious pressure and timing of another person but it's so you're you're battling like your true self coming out where you're just it, it's such mm-hmm. a it's such a different there's a multi layered thing going on while you're fighting that is like it, it's just a different level than just like training or forms being hard or doing buckets or horse stance it, it's just it's you're fighting them and you're fighting yourself in a way that's very visceral it's really it's overwhelming yeah. at times and for me I notice I notice I get I get lazy especially when I'm sparring under sashes I get lazy I'm like oh I can take a break this round and the next thing you, know, you get tapped a couple of times and you're like. Nah, <laughs> that break ain't happening. Bro. <laughs> and then, and yeah. Then, yeah, and then next thing you know, you, you you're trying to take a uh, you know a yellow sash's head off, and it's like, wait a minute, this is you know this is my ego talking, and I got I got to dial it back, and I got to be on because sometimes well, it's so it's much part more of the training. It's so much right. more. Uh, it, it's part of the training, but like it's also like physically, cardiovascularly, and emotionally taxing to to be on point with all your techniques to the point where you're not getting touched, you're dominating the fight, and you're also not causing damage to the person that you're sparring. Because yeah. you can do all those things, and it's it's easier almost to throw the punch. Like I hit you in the head the other day. It's almost easier to throw the punch with power than it is to pull it. You know? Because you pull it, and like it's all that energy goes in your shoulder to stop the power of the punch. Working with that control. And it's like, God, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Just look at your opponent. You want to yeah. take a break? Yeah. You wanted a drink, you know? Yeah. Well, if it's any weight off your mind, you were uh, it was, you were like a wet t-shirt on me last night. <laughs> just, I lost you somehow made you, John bro. wetter yeah. than he already was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So my, my, my question, you know, because you're, you're, uh, you're two years in the game. Right? Am I right? Two years? Uh, it'll be three in January. Three yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Right? Super, super. You're growing some feathers now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what? what's your experience with what sparring has been so far? All those feathers are on his upper uh, leg, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, a full canary yeah. staple to his face. Yeah. Very tiny peacock. Uh, well, um, for, for me, uh, 
sparring, I guess, which started with a lot of confusion. Uh, the, the school I trained in prior, there wasn't a big emphasis spoiled. on sparring. Yeah. Just so, like, you know, I was kind of reaching to multiple places to try and figure out what the hell to do, you know, when, when you get tapped in the forehead, you know. And, like, m- my biggest thing was trying to not look away or not try to run, you know, not run away, but, like, turn away from, from the interaction. Because it's intense. Like you said, when you get the heat turned up, you got to train yourself to... to go to it instead of away from it you know and and you actually uh, there was one one night where you came up to be like yeah you don't want none of that smoke i was sparring raffi mm-hmm. you know, yeah but he's right mm-hmm. here you know you gotta you gotta the go right at him so with that one yeah <laughs> endless it's uh, endless smoke I endless smoke it's like fighting a fog machine like it's just all so, smoke we didn't want to do it out of order and i said to him before we left i'm like when you come home he just he just moved I'm like when you come home i'm like we gotta get you on the show so please let us know in advance when you come home we'll clear our schedules he's like me yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one's safe. No one's safe in our yeah. school. Sorry, John. Continue. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I so, I mean, uh, a lot of the first stages of sparring in in this school for me was was getting over the heat. You know, getting over that intensity. And now it's more or less uh, at this point. Last night, once I was warmed up, I'm really just trying to focus on circling. You know, and trying to move more laterally and and also not get tagged because like. I could I can get these like these dips where I get like get under reverse and throw a body shot and Chris Quintero was like holy crap like that was an awesome dip you know I got like one or two of those but like it's just sticking to the fundamentals and finding an opening and not just catching a simple jab to the forehead because all of a sudden I'll be like thinking technically and then <laughs> good morning you know and not even that the things that might work on an orange sash or a green sash aren't gonna work on seafood right right yeah but. The question you guys should be asking yourselves, and I used to ask myself the same question, is why? If it works on a white sash or a yellow sash or an orange sash or a green sash, why doesn't it work on some if you're sparring with me or Seagull? Experience? Yeah. But it's not just... It is experience. It is experience. But it also should be what? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, See? I stuffed you guys on your own show. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this. You know what? You know, this is so, We're being taught right now. You know, it's over. So, you know, what I mean by that is when I when you guys are sparring with me or Seagon, when I used to spar with Seagon, it wasn't just a round. It was me learning while I was doing the round. You know what I'm saying? And mm. I was... And to the point where I would emulate how he would move, how he would stand, how his hands were, how he would twitch, certain things I would just watch. And then when we get into a round, I try to emulate the same thing, how he would throw a kick, right? How he would, you know, use his angles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would just start copying everything, you know, to find out how he was able to get in or get away or not get hit or roll or something like that. And I would do that as I was sparring with higher ups you know what i'm saying so the under sashes are for you know and it sounds bad but that's that's how just how it goes so the under sashes are for you guys to try and perfect those techniques because they have a, they don't have the experience so you should you know those techniques and those drills that you guys are learning in class uh that's when friday night that's when you you that's the time to just like put them to use right so if you notice when I'm sparring, I don't immediately go and, and just pop somebody in the face. You know, I used to when I was younger because you know you get big you know baby muscles and you want to you know prove your dominant. But after a while, you realize that you don't need that. You know, if you want to hit somebody, you can hit somebody. You know, but I want to hit you with a technique I learned in class. Mm. Right? I want to hit you with a kick that I sh- I was shown and a way to do it that 
I can hit you with two, two or three different kicks, you know, or get away from a technique, you know, from a certain evasion, evading or roll or something like that we learned in class. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's why I pose the question to you guys. You know, when you guys are sparring, you know, obviously you don't, want, you know, you're not thinking about what you're doing, but that's that should be the mindset of sparring. Because sparring and fighting are two different things. Hmm. Sparring and competing are two different things. And competing, there is no thought. You know, you're just, I'm, you're just feeding off of the person that's in front of you, and that is what I had to learn to emulate during sparring on Friday nights. How to emulate and go off of the person that's in front of you. Because the way I spar with you is way a different spar with you and a different spar with you. And I learned that from Seagull because he spars everybody differently. So I would watch him and he would be aggressive with some people and some people he wouldn't be aggressive. Some people he would use this technique. I'm like, what, what is he doing? Hmm. What is he doing? You know? So it forces you to go back to the drawing board and see, you know, if you get hit by that yellow sash or you're fighting a green sash and he hits you with that technique, why did he hit you with it? Something you're doing or something that you're not doing is caused that technique to get in. So immediately, you should be, your wheel should be turning, right? Or if you're practicing technique and you want to get that technique and it's not working, right? So if I show you a, a particular uh, thing that we worked la last night, that, that block strike thing that Seagull was showing you guys, and yeah, you yeah. tried it in the sparring, it's not working. Why is it not working? I'm doing it against a yellow sash. I should be hitting them all day. It's not working. Why is it not working? That should make your wheels turn. You know what I'm saying? So something you're doing or not doing is causing a technique to not be effective. That's what you, we should all be doing on Fridays doing sparring. You know? mm -hmm. And then there's some classes sparring, you know, we get geared up and we start banging because you want to have that understanding of how to condition the body as well to take punishment. Not just give it, but learn how to take punishment because you're not going to be given punishment all the time. You know, you have to learn how to take punishment and learn how to take punishment in such a way. Yeah, your ego is going to be there. You're going to be angry and you want to hit back, but you want to be strategic. You know, I want to be able to take a shot that rocks me, but still continue. You know what I'm saying? Right. So all these facets, you know, and that's why I, that's why I pose a question. You know, that's why I posed the question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, to, to answer that question, you know, when a yellow sash hits you in the face, I don't get mad. You know, I was like, fuck, I, I messed up. That's it. Immediately goes in my head. I messed up. I didn't turn enough. I didn't roll. You know, so I get, I just keep letting them, them spot, let them get off. So they're learning. They're getting more confidence. And I'm working on my shit. <laughs> that's that's that the whole thing. If I want to turn it up, I can. But that's for green sashes, yellow sashes, red sashes. That's for them. Because they're at a different level than me fighting an orange sash. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything for them. It just makes them not want to spar. You know? right. And that's not, the, that's not the idea. That's not my job. My job is to bring you up, I don't know, I don't know pleasantly through the fighting game but i don't know if, i don't know if that's you know if that's the right term or idea but you know something different than what seagull came up with is somewhat different than what i came up with you Just know kick your ass with confidence <laughs> exactly kick some confidence you know? into you, you know. <laughs> into your ass that's definitely i i would say and i'm, I'm sure we have all three of us have similar experiences just kind of on different 
levels of understanding. But I know for me, I'm definitely that's something I'm constantly thinking about when I'm sparring is and 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 trying to meet my you know meeting myself with with the frustration of kind of trying to figure out what you're talking about, but also trying to work through that of like, all right, like even basic, like I remember, I, remember, I think I was talking to you about this, you or Seagon, where I was like, like, and we had, a, and it's the same thing with, with kind of like, for, like what we talked about with forms, like one or two demo classes ago, where it's like, yeah, like you doing a fighting combo, even something super basic, like lead reverse invert or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, you can see, you can understand if you're doing it in the mirror, what would need to happen for you to throw stuff that way. But you can't just necessarily go up to someone and go lead reverse invert and you're going to land all the shots and it's going to be clean and because like they're yeah. going to be moving they're going to be reacting yep. and they're going to be so exactly that, for me that's been the biggest thing that I'm trying to work through is, mm-hmm. is like trying to stay calm when people are throwing and remain vigilant with throwing technique and, and responding with technique yeah. but also understanding kind of like and I think for me in my journey of moving into kind of you know the you know moving through the advance and, and to the to the what I would imagine be the black size understanding is that kind of sinew stuff that that you guys kind of allude to that you guys talk about and mm-hmm. like the tra- tr- moving from form to function in a way that everyone at the school kind of learns about and understands but the nitty gritty you know what I mean yeah. like that type of the, stuff the, is the glue the, the glue the glue the kung fu glue the gooey that's glue in between stuff. everything yeah. the kung fu glue the kung fu glue yeah kung fu glue yeah. 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 but it's funny that you mention that because again like I said my mindset back then was was rock hard so if Seagull show me a combo that's the type of combo I was doing in sparring. Mm. And then wondering, why ain't no shit working? <laughs> you know, he These guys me. are hitting me and they're not doing the combo. Exactly. I'm doing the combo. He said switch. Right, right, right. He said switch and move me out. But it was only one piece of the puzzle. What's the other piece? Timing, distance, reaction time, you know, reading your opponent. So we used to do this exercise where uh, on Fridays, you know, because Shirja used to come down to... to every once in a while to fight, you know, fighting class, right? So he had somebody stand up in the guard stance, right? And he would pick apart your, Mm. not your flaws, but he'd pick apart your stance to tell everybody what kind of fighter you were. And so you can do the same thing, Mm. you know? I'm thinking, like, this is some Paula, you know, know, Chris Angel bullshit (laughs) or something like that. You know? know? But it's it's also the understanding of how to read body language. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you're understanding, you're standing in front of somebody, you just wait for them to throw, and then you counter, right? Well, then now you're playing for tit for tat, right? Mm. So in a semblance of self-defense and competition, that shit hurts. You know, that shit hurts. So I'm not waiting to get a hit to give a hit Mm. for the most part. Sometimes it happens like that. You know, it's, you know, it's for the most part, it is tit for tat. You know, but the whole point was the exercise is to learn how to use your, your eyes to, to read body language, mm. you know, and that was an important class because as soon as I stand in front of somebody, right, as soon as I stand in front of you, right, you get to get a sense of people's personalities, right, whether they're an aggressive fighter, whether if they're a calm per- person, whether they like to be defensive, right, mm. and I'm just... You know, because I know you guys, yeah. and you know, <laughs> and, hit all the nails on the head there. With all, yeah. Oh yeah, with you the, absolutely nailed it. The sparring like LinkedIn profiles, you, <laughs> well, yeah, you just laid yeah, yeah. You know? and, like and, and, and it's not that not each one of those personalities is wrong, mm-hmm. right? But it's only one piece of the puzzle, right? Right. So you have to mm-hmm. learn how to be calm. You have to learn how to be aggressive. You have to learn about it, be defensive, and when to use and change those dynamics mm-hmm. 
depending on the person you're up against. What I have really been liking and that we've been doing a lot more of is the one person throws, the other person doesn't. You know, yeah, taking turns, kind of defending, uh, yes, kind of t- yeah, segmenting it in a yeah. way. That is only one exercise and one type of drill that we used to do. Uh, so I want to start to bring back more of that stuff for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we we and we love we, that. Yeah. We've been working in the cutting angles because you know the past few sparring sessions, you specifically have taken both of us and and given us that kind of one on one instruction, which we're very grateful yeah. for. Mm-hmm. That one on one instruction of like this is how you step and this is how you need to square off your opponent. So we've been working it. We do mitt work at least once a week. Mm-hmm. So we it, it, on Tuesday mornings we usually do our mitt work at least once a week. And you're you're in you're privy to that too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, all yeah, three yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah, all yeah. three of us. Well. So we usually do like one person will hit the heavy bag and then two people do mitt work and then we rotate. Mm-hmm. Usually how it goes and we'll do something shitty in between like planks or like hanging <laughs> from the bar or like push-ups yeah. or something like that. Everyone um, at Crunch Fitness hates us by the way. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're those kung fu guys. We're like celebrities at Crunch Fitness. They're like, you guys had a pretty good workout today. Good job. You know? like, <laughs> like, they, look at us, watching us. They, they look at us and we give off the like, why is everyone lifting weights at my dojo? But they see me throw a spinning hook kick. They're like, holy shit. I had to make a remark about your 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 uh, where you are now because I was watching you uh, stretch the other day and I was like God damn I said my man is is getting it he's getting it in he's John, getting, is, John he is, is John is getting it in thank you because you, you weren't like that last year you yeah, you, you move you really know. really really well yeah especially for your weight you yeah man, thank you, know, you so I you've see, lost a lot of weight you're a brick shit house yeah. <laughs> thanks bro so you know it's it's nice you know as an instructor to see where the students began and where they're mm. going with it and where you could, where you can actually take it. You know what I mean? Because when I, tra- I started training, I had no aspirations of being an instructor at all. Mm. You know, nothing. And then Siegel was like, you know, because I used to just come to class uh, early because the whole thing about knowing yourself, right? So I used to work a, a manufacturing job from 73 and at 3 o'clock I would go home and, you know, you, you go home and, you know, what time class is starting and you would chill and i put the... Ma- you know, TV He's on. Noodles and noodles. And yeah, just, you know. <laughs> and then my favorite show will come on. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And next thing you know, class is starting. And it's like, ah. And then you go to class or you'd be like, eh, I ain't going to class. You know. mm-hmm. But it would be like off and on. I wouldn't go to class for like a week and come. You know, like how most people go to class, you know. Oh, so then, I was like, so I was the same way in the beginning. Yeah, so I started Chasing think, girls. Think, yeah. <laughs> I started thinking. I was like, you know, what am I doing? You know, I'm just wasting time. So I know myself. I said, if I go home, I'm going to just be lazy. Mm-hmm. So... That's you know, and it's followed me all through the years that I've been training. It's like as soon as work is done, you go to train. I would I just skip going home, mm. you know, and I would be there early to come down to to, to Farmingville School, come downstairs to find Seagull sleeping at the desk. He always did, you know. So he'd be sleeping at the desk, and I would, you know, say, oh oh, Seagull, so so I'm here, you know, and just go on the floor, just start working whatever, and. Then, you know, he just walked past me and walked past me, and I'd just be doing my stuff. He's like, no, that's wrong. And then to fix it, and then keep working. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know, and he would show me some stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, and I would work on it, work on it, work on it, you know, in hopes that he would show me more, which he did. You know, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, you can pick that up. Yeah, do this now. You know, and I would just be there from like three to like 10 o'clock, like every freaking day. Mm. You know, because I had no wife, I had no girlfriend, you know, no kids, you know, 23, 24 years old. All I knew was training, you know, right. all I knew was training, you know, and then I started helping with the, ki- with the kids class, 
you know, I was helping with the kids' class, and <laughs> my first experience with teaching uh, by myself was, I don't know if I told you guys the story. I think you told this to me. Yeah, so I'm helping him. I was helping. It, was, it must have been like a couple weeks, like a month or something, helping. And all of a sudden, I come in, and he's like, oh, yeah, I have to run an errand. I have to go to the bank. I said, hey, cool. Yeah, class was starting, and I was like, all right. So I didn't think anything of it. So he's like, oh, and because we knew at the bank, the bank was like five minutes down the road from the school. So he went to the bank, and the class started. I was getting a class, and then kids were running fucking amok, and was waiting for them to walk down. He stayed away for the whole goddamn class. For the whole class. <laughs> Just threw you in the fire? Dude, these kids ate me up. <laughs> ate me up. And he came downstairs, and uh, I was looking at him, I was like, with his face on, like, what, what the, the kids fuck? are carrying you away like ants. They're just like, just <laughs> <laughs> carrying you into the hole. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck, man? He's like, no, no. Now you know how hard it is. Oh, yeah, yeah that, welcome. Yeah. So from then on, you know, I was like, this never fucking happened. <laughs> you know. So and that was my introduction into in teaching, and you know. It's, you know, help, went from helping to from the kids' class to moving into the beginners' class and intermediates, and you know, and Seagull was the only instructor. Like, you had, I had all the training brothers, but nobody was helping. I was um, like the first That's one. crazy. Who, I was wow. the first one who was helping him teach to got to the point where he was like, you know what? I need a day off. He's like, Wednesdays is your day. What sash were you at this point? I was a green sash. Wow. So, you think, you, you think you guys have it? Yeah, I told you. I saw I would come in from work seven to three, train a little bit, teach the kids. After that, teach beginners. After that, teach intermediates. Wow, that's three a long classes day. in a row. And there's no gap between classes, people. Just so you know, yeah. it's just it's just back six, to back. seven, seven to eight. When the other eight, class nine, ends. Back the other the other people are already warming up. Yes. Yeah, so kids it's, off it's the like, mad adults on. There, there, there's been times when I double up when I'm teaching multiple classes where I've forgotten to drink water because I'll send people for water breaks and be thinking about what I want to do next and and next it's, it's yeah <laughs> and you, get that, you get that hit at the mall for too long now. yeah, and and like, yeah. The next, next thing you're like trying to do a drill with the beginners at 730 and you're like okay like, oh shit right, everybody Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think too. Um, I didn't know no better because that's what Seagull did every single yeah. day. So I thought, all right, that's that's what instructor does. You know, to your um to your point also, um I think another another part of kind of the traditional training that I think does outside of the the physical intensity and the mental intensity, I think there's the other aspect of it that acts kind of as like a sifter for people staying and staying going is kind of how. Uh, how the material and the knowledge is passed down, and and kind of the the you got to work, you got to be here, you got to show me that you want it, and then the knowledge and the the cookie comes afterwards. You know, it's not the yeah. oh I'm here, I paid, so now you can yeah. give me stuff. It's like no, no you're here, you train. I mean, I mean that's in. I mean, we're just so used to it because we, you know, we we're in it all the time. You know, yeah. but for a lot of people, I remember what's so funny. I my first time experience that was actually with you, where I was probably like. I was a plucky little yellow sash or something, probably, and you were teaching me Lohan stance form in uh, in in demo. And I remember you taught me some of it. I'm like, so can I have the rest of it? And you're like, no. I was like, all right. <laughs> you were like, you were like, go fuck yourself. I was like, oh, okay, very yeah. good. Yeah, I, I, well, I, don't, some, I don't remember you yeah. snapping your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in my head, when I first started, I was just always, I was always doing this, but I was like, I was like, Brian has a lot of inner flamboyancy yeah. that like. 
and out, out very flamboyant. <laughs> comes out very subtly, and then when he describes himself, he like turns it up uh, to an eleven. Well, well, no, because because we'll cause we'll be doing something and we'll play it back. I'm like, I look like Liberace. I'm like, I always just look like Liberace. <laughs> My ass is out. I'm like, I look yeah. like a I look like an inflatable used car salesman thing. That's the you need to learn going into your blackfish. Uh, keep your ass tucked in, for the love of God. Uh, My ass is out and about, and yeah, ready to receive. Always like, well, what about this booty dough? You know, yeah. it's my dumper. Yeah, my kung fu dumper is just out. Like it's, it's a horse dance, but also it dumps. You know? <laughs> but I was like, when you were like, no, I was like, hey, I get the impression that's not something I should ask for. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, can I learn this? You're like, no. I was like, okay. Stern, no, got it. Message yeah. <laughs> received. Or when you first started at Star- Starbucks, you were like, I don't know if you guys are ready for this, but uh. I do kung fu. Oh yeah, that was, that was on the last on the last episode we were, we were talking. and I was like, I, I was I was in kung fu for like maybe ninety minutes at this point, and and I and I got I I got a job at Hollister at the Roosevelt Field Mall, oh. and like and I was maybe like. 11 probably yeah. and, and uh, you're like, your voicemail was still hi this is Ryan yeah. leave a message yeah. <laughs> like my mom was just there they just had a mic microphone up to her pregnant stomach they're just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like but we're there and like I'm maybe I don't know like 17 and, and and we're all going around the room and I was just like yeah I'm Ryan I'm uh, 17 and uh I do kung fu, <laughs> and like I took maybe like four and a half classes, but like I said it as if like I created kung fu. It's like I have my own system, I have a temple, you know. <laughs> but it's like I was the same way though. I, I, I'm I sure we way. all. You know, I was the same way. I started, and then I was like, I found this new thing, you know. And everybody was like, Shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, really annoying. Hey, shut the fuck yeah. up! Like, yeah. Your fat ass is doing kung fu. Fantastic! Congratulations. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Well, everyone, well, everyone goes to the excitement. I mean, even I mean, you even see it with Jenny. We're like, the amount of times we'll be out, and Jenny will just instigate a fight with Ed. We're like, where Ed will be doing, Ed will be cooking, and Jenny will just come over and just armbar him. And I hate this one thing. She's like, ow! And, she, Dude, and I'm like, Jenny, I'm like, I'm watching you instigate shit. I'm like, stop it! She'll just armbar him. She's doing shit to him all the time. Throwing kicks at me the whole camping trip. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> my, my fiance is not a. Uh, she doesn't get emotional a lot, you know what I mean. So for her to express a deep emotion, it takes a long, it takes a lot, you know. So mm. she, she's not, she's not, the, she's not the kind of woman who's just like, and it's like, you didn't go home, you know. She's not like that whatsoever. So if she has, you're, you're she lucky. Just, she just <laughs> beats, she just beats, she's lucky beats man. Him. But if, yeah. if she has something to say, she makes a point to say it, and you listen because it doesn't happen all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And a couple weeks ago. She was like, not a couple weeks ago. My, my concept of time is way the fuck off. Like six months ago, she, she oh twelve years ago. I meant to say, I meant to say a couple months, but like I meant to say, I meant to say, I meant to I was say in high school in nineteen ninety seven. No, a you know, a few months ago, like maybe six months ago, she she were in the kitchen. And she's like talking to me about Neakins, and I was like exhausted. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you got it, you got it, babe. Relax. Can I just like cook dinner and like you can talk about this in a little bit? You know, <laughs> oh. I like ju- I like just came home from I just like just came home from like a like a teaching two classes uh-huh, and uh-huh. taking a class. And I just wanted to eat real quick, and I come home and she's like, so Neakin twelve, and I'm like, I'm I like, can't leave class, and there's class yeah. here in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm like, give me five minutes, and I and like you know we processed. I made some food. It just got like down, baby wipe my balls and, she and got some Gatorade. <laughs> Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> underwear and get some electrolytes for the love of God. Uh, no, but so she comes out of the bedroom and she's like, "She's gonna hate me for telling the story." But she comes Perfect. out of the bedroom and she's like, "You know, I just I want to let you know, I don't like kung fu for you. I really like it." I really like it, and I like training, and I like doing it, and I'm doing it for me and not for you. That's and fucking I'm awesome! Like, wow. And I'm like, 
That's awesome. Go Beyonce. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But that, that's but like it's, that, it's so cool to have yeah. that. You yeah. Know? It's really it's really, really you cool. You are to have a that. very lucky man. Yeah. To have a significant other that yes. is independently not only supportive but independently but that doing it for themselves. Likes martial that's arts. That's fucking awesome. Is like finding fucking gold. I, I, yeah. I it's like and the, like finding gold on a river with a sifter, and that's how rare that shit is. Yeah, no, I, I, I hit the jackpot. It's crazy, and it's like she was gonna do kickboxing, and I was like, no. We were only dating a few months, and I was like, try the school, and she was like, what if I don't like it? I'm like, if you don't like it, honestly, we probably shouldn't be together anyway. So like, let's, let's, let's just try it out and see what happens, you know? And it, we're getting married, so there you go. <laughs> but now, um, to to kind of come back to another point, yeah. you were talking in the beginning of the interview about how. Uh, things are not quite set in stone and about how there is evolution and creativity involved with training martial arts and Kung Fu specifically. Um, that being said, I do know that there's forms within our system that you yourself have created. And I wanted to know what it was like when you first started to have to learn kind of how to create something. Like, Were there still creative forms when you went for your... Black sash. Yes. When you that went was your a, black sash? That was a requirement. It still is a requirement because you guys had to do it. Um, but hence the fact, you know, when we tell you guys, all right, you got to do a creative form, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a fair reaction. Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? Because yeah. <laughs> when I started, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, I just do the forms. You know, and I'm like, why do we have to do that? You know, why? What does it mean? You know, I, why do I have to create a form? What the hell is that? What is that? Because we had to, we had to create, we had to do a creative form. We had to do an open man, two man set, and a weapon two man set. Right. That's great. so. In Seagull's time, he had to do all that stuff and create an internal creative form. You know, so. That's like a whole test in and of yeah, itself. Yeah. Those like four things. You know, so those if you notice, like the black sash. There's not like too many extra forms that you guys have to learn, right? You like maybe create all the new material. one or two, right? So yeah, it's people have a misconception about what a black belt is, right? So back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, if you said you were a black belt, then people knew that you knew your shit. You know what I mean? Not so much today. <laughs> now no. it just means you get like sweaty and like a shirt yeah, yo, know, <laughs> yeah. It just means that you train in some school. That's it. You know, uh, but the understanding of, 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 of that is uh, none of these styles or systems were brought down by the Almighty. You know what I'm saying? Nobody had the, the Ten Commandments so written in stone. It wasn't the 11th yeah, Commandment. This is, yeah. this, is, this is Hungar, my son, go train it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is no burning bush. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So somebody had to come up with it. Somebody had to, to put it together. Right? So... And understanding that, you know, nothing can be written in stone because everything has been uh, quantified through that person who made that form of systems fighting experience, right? So a lot of these guys who created these styles from were either uh, generals, soldiers, you know, some kind of, some kind of, they, they, they were fighting and killing people for some whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? You know, so they put together these techniques through their experience through combat you know and like so, and a lot of systems weren't developed during wartime you know but a lot of systems were you know so the kind of stuff that you guys are getting was developed during wartime you know what i mean so it had to work 
you know that's that was the main the main thing you know so certain styles weren't d doing that they were just made uh to be like cultural or whatever you know to give some the people a sense of culture you know so a lot of stuff a lot of people train martial arts to identify with their country you know what i mean so uh so the styles you see in terms of the the forms and techniques and applications will will preview that you know what i mean so some styles emphasize more on a certain technique than others you know what i mean because of that you know like wing chung and everybody bashes wing chung but wing chung is a style that cert has a very specific niche you know it was never meant to be in a boxing ring. It was never meant to be in a cage. It was meant to be in the back of an alley getting mugged and fucking somebody up. That's what it was meant for. And that's that's its strength. You know what I mean? So you can't compare that's that's like comparing, you know, that to going and fighting on the on the battlefield, you know, in World War Two. You know, when you have a gun you have all these tools, you know, and Wing Chun you don't have those tools. You only have a certain amount of tools for a certain uh, type of warfare or type of fighting. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, the uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent, but yeah. Uh, no, but the, uh, but the, uh, the 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 premise of going back to the to the creative form is yes, I didn't create the form. I created my form. So I didn't create the form. You know the privilege, you know, form that everybody on the planet practices, but I created my form. You know what I'm saying? So it's my form. You know, just like Sugun created certain things that you guys have been training; those are his forms. Every single martial arts master has done that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, why that's important? Because you guys are the next generation. You guys are the next generation of instructors and masters. You know what I'm saying? So when no pressure. <laughs> so when you have a teacher that doesn't understand that premise and why would you why would you want to do that why because during the centuries uh back in the back in the 70s and 80s people's understanding of fighting was way different than it is now so people had understanding of fighting but people didn't fight very well right nowadays people fight very well because there's so much information mm that you know Muay Thai, you know this, so you know a little bit of something. You can spin the people people can scrap. Right? So during this the during the ages it has to change. It has to evolve. Right? So when you're doing these creative techniques is from your your understanding of these experiences that you've had to quantify those understandings of techniques that work, that you've actually physically worked. Right? Now, uh, one of the instructors, Sifu Raul, says there's some things for training and then there's some things for fighting. You know, so not every single thing that you practice, it directly correlates to fighting, right? So, horse stance, right? The most basic thing that you guys understand, you guys know. What's it for? It's for training. Is it? Well... It's for both. You're not going to fight in a low horse stance, but you can utilize your horse stance in within techniques. It'll maximize your output because it right. creates all that strength in, in, your, uh, in your lower it's, body. It's, it's, it's also a bench to trip somebody over. Also true. Right. So, yeah, but uh, you, to your point, you're, both of you guys are absolutely correct, right? But 
how do you use a horse dance, right? What techniques use a horse dance, right? So there's a privilege of understanding of, of Chinese martial arts, right? And I've probably mentioned this in a seminar or something like that. There's four areas of, of fighting, right? So we have these four areas of fighting. It's like ti, da, na, shui, right? You've heard me as mentioned yes. that before. So ti is... Punching. Wrong. Kicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Da. Then that punching. 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 <laughs> right? Na. Locking. Shui. Throwing. Oh, correct. Right? So your horse stance can amalgamate to do all four of those things. Right? So it's the most basic stance that you guys have because it amalgamates to practice all those areas of combat. So without mm. a... And they say without a good horse stance you don't have any good kung fu because you can't really develop power to punch, right? You can't develop that pelvic floor, right? Yeah. That pelvic floor to actually lift somebody up or sweep somebody out. And it's and funny because them. squats help with horse stance, but they don't make a horse stance. No. Hmm. You, you need to do horse stance. Correct. Yeah, it's really, then, yeah. it's really, yeah. There's something about it. Like just the, like, I don't know. Not to get like woo woo, but it it is something where you it's all the strength and like the tendon strengthening all and all that as well. But it feel you feel that it gives you a certain type of structure that you feel when you're in it and when you're that I feel I don't get as much from other types of exercises. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's a certain foundation mm-hmm. that I feel like it builds that is so I kind of as as it needs to be is so fundamental to Correct. everything. But, and but, to you see know. point about the pelvic floor, the muscles that you're engaging. Uh, you know, connect directly with the third dentien, and they also are the first points in the governing and the conception vessel. So you're stimulating those meridians while you're sitting in your horse stance. Yeah, but you- to to put a devil's advocate point to that, you don't need a horse stance to learn how to fight. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think Stylebender is sitting in a horse dance during his fight camps. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Uh, no. yeah. McGregor sure shit is not. No. You know? no. But McGregor does use a lot of traditional training in his fight training. As you, you know, there's a lot of uh, good fighters in the cage use a lot of traditional training. He, he, yeah. he does a lot of almost like our advanced guard when he's in an archer and he's got the one hand down and one hand up. You mm-hmm. see very similar things like that from a lot What's of What's crazy too is, yeah. is, is to that point, you've even seen, not to say that it's directly correlated with this, but in his early his early fighting versus his later fighting, you see his, his stance change also. He went from a more of a wider, I feel like karate stance mm-hmm. into more of kind of a Western boxing type stance, and his. And, and I wonder, and his, if, he, I wonder his, if he would have done better had he stayed the way he was. I feel like some people have said that, like originally, you know, keeping much more distance with kicking and much more of kind of that, just like you know, piss and vinegar, Conor McGregor originally were like, give the, me your belt, hey, give me your belt, where he give got, where he I'll got, fight any man, Joe, <laughs> I'll fight any man. It's like, dude, relax, put some pants on. You're so sweaty. I'll fight any man. I'll are fight you, you. Are you still wearing what do you sunglasses? Mean you want to drink my whiskey. <laughs> it's 11, 11 o'clock at night. Why are you wearing sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Get off my chair. My future's too bright, Joe. Yes. It's too bright. <laughs> Um, why are you swinging your arms going to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> How do you fit the door like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, white doors. I can buy what I want. <laughs> I gotta say, I loaned the future too bright thing from Chris D'Elia, If anyone watches Chris D'Elia or that podcast, but anyway, I feel like I've. I, it definitely seems like it's. Yeah, just the just. Well, <laughs> I just kung fu'd my mic. Um, but yeah, just, just just a different, you know. Definitely more seems to be more conservative in how he how he was fighting versus how he was kind of opening fights earlier, um, but not to get off on a tangent. But yeah, no. But, 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 but to continue um, specifically, I think the first form I found out that you created was the snake form. Was that the creative for your black set? Yes. 
That that yes. is makes rad. me feel like a little bit. <laughs> That's really <laughs> That's cool. fucking awesome. As my my creative form was like that was shit. I gotta redo the whole damn thing. <laughs> but you know the, the what it is now to what it was back then is totally different. So it mm. wasn't oh, so like, it went the same evolution that mine's kind of going yeah, through. Yeah. Right so now. there's a lot of things that you know because it wasn't that long. It wasn't it wasn't long at all. You know. And then from constantly working it, and then training, getting understanding different sets, and then through my own research, a lot of that shit I tell you guys to do all the time, you know. Uh, so I would look up snake forms, people how would do different different styles of snake and things like that, and it's like, oh, that's that's oh, I like that, or no, 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 and understanding the movements of the of the techniques and how and what fits within it, and then. Uh, along with our own training, you know, when we uh, do our own kicking and light skills and things like that, and what actually fits, and you'll start to develop this uh, this uh, what a you know thing of this toolbox of movements, and then what you have to do is you have to go like this and play Tetris with it, and make it fit and mm. make it make sense, you know. And so just because you're doing a flying deton and you can do it doesn't mean you have to do it 15 times during the form you know it has to make sense I why should we just like cut to like the jake mace doing like seven rolls in a drunken form in a circle so he makes it and then you get a the seventh one you make a complete circle and then you feel dizzy so you can be more and then you yeah. like, up yeah. <laughs> like shut up Aquaman. yeah <laughs> no, get at but, me bro <laughs> but that's you know from training that way you know and again, like, you know, doing things like I tell you guys to do, because like, when Seagull used to teach me stuff, he would teach me a set of like six moves. That's it. When you guys learn a set, you guys are spoiled. You guys, like the set we learned on Thursday night, you guys get a whole set. I didn't get that. When I first started learning butterfly swords, you know what he showed me? Here, stand in the stance, turn, strike, back, turn, strike, back. All right, you see these two chairs? Do it over the chair. If you hit the chair, you give me 50 push ups. That was it. That's my. That was my experience in learning butterfly swords, for That's like crazy. three months, until I even touched the form. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of times he would show me sets, and I would just keep going over the sets, going over the sets, and he would show me a different type of set, and I would go over that set. I, you know, and I had the form in the curriculums, and then I had all these sets, be the weapons or whatever. So I had all this shit that was like I was practicing that was flying in my head that I didn't do nothing no know what to do with you know didn't know what to do with so now from that you know I I would have the ability to like if he showed me a technique parts of a spear I would just take the spear and just start moving it around not privy to any type of form and just moving it around see what worked you know and then after that, it was like, oh, cool, you know, that works, you know, from learning, from learning the basics, you know, and then doing the forms and, uh, and understanding the, the premise of the form. So then I didn't have to stick to the form to practice. I could just take the weapon and just play with it, right? Take the sword and just play with it. Take this and just play with it. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. Right. Yeah. And then just from there, that's the idea of the creative form. Right, you should be able to take any technique that you've learned and apply some kind of understanding of combat with it, some kind of technique with it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? 
and there is that that like childlike uh, playfulness to yeah. to come to to training. You yeah. know, a, a lot of the times, I mean, like, look what happens after class. We just play, you know pretend beat the shit out of each other, like murder each other with swords. You know. Yeah. No. But, I, I I would imagine too, you know, that that is especially a part of the 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 art part of the art form is is not just you know is is being able to you know kind of I think we spoke about this as well kind of you know I had a really nasty mosquito bite and it just started bleeding on oh yeah. <laughs> John's a gusher it's not great um, not John's great. Um, <laughs> you know is the uh, you know the art part of, of you know kind of having the like we spoke about a, a couple episodes ago is kind of the filter uh the system kind of filtering through you and then kind of something else can come out that kind of hasn't kind of come out in in that in that in that order of of things you know because like you're your own person and you would create something different than seagull would create or something just because you know and same and and i think it's a really beautiful part of martial arts that i think gets spoken about in a lot of different ways in the school because we're talking about so many different things Mm -hmm. but it is you know how it it is so it is such an individual journey because you you know we all learn the same stuff but it all gets expressed differently through each person and like i feel like that's something that maybe you know even even us at times we don't think about kind of in you know because we're, we're in the we're in the shit and we're training we're sweaty mm-hmm. we're fucking tired but it's like keeping that cool kind of holistic view of martial arts that it's like man this is a really fucking cool like not just cool like we're doing kicks and shit but it's like it's such an all-encompassing really like genuinely meaningful experience that like you don't get day-to-day life by just like being on your phone and jerking off and doing whatever you know it's like yeah. it, it well, really, it I really, don't know jerking off kind of fun that's an integral part of training okay? if everyone here was like wow come well, on you know, you know, you know, know, the, the, the interview's over holy yeah. crap it's a sundown <laughs> where did they go yeah. <laughs> there was <laughs> I was gonna say celebrate, celebrate all aspects of who you are as an individual, exactly. especially if you're yeah. jerking off. Yeah, I gotta yeah. rehydrate. <laughs> I was gonna say something meaningful and it's gone. <laughs> just That's actually it. that is hilarious. That's like like the, the, the running of events of like, <laughs> like through a brick through that window. <laughs> also, jerking off's cool too. Yeah. 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 These these show on all your events. Yeah. 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 What you Mindful got. and have intention in all things that you do. Home while you climb it. But. Uh, relating to the art and martial arts, so um, I think we just did. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just gonna go. Oh God! So uh, all these guys know. I went to school for music, and uh-huh. one of my music teachers told me that art. It's three words that I've held with me with me since the day I heard them: is art is interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so evident in martial arts because what are you do? What are you doing beyond? interpreting what your instructors are showing you, right? Correct. So so you do your form or you show us a basic technique and we interpret that and we carry it out. And it's more than just looking in a mirror and doing the same thing because you're not, even if you are doing the same form, it's, a little different. it's still coming out of your body, you know? So it, it is your interpretation of those moves. And um, I feel like that is really was the underpinning message there because <laughs> we, we like to think about what, what what is the art of martial arts and like well that's what it is it's it's the whole system it's not just one niche it's uh, the interpretation of it all you know the fact that we're carrying it out is we're performing that art you know See, I have some clients that are very interested you know and I, uh, everybody knows I'm a massage therapist I've talked about this already uh-huh. and you know I do more medical massage so not everybody is like it's like the silent spot type thing because usually shit hurts and you know you try to talk to people through it we're doing muscle activation blah 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 but I have my black sash stuff hung on the wall mm-hmm. so people are like oh what's that and I'm like oh well, I, you know I'm a certified instructor in Lohan Chuan Kung Fu and they're like what's that you know so a lot of my clients they like to ask about stuff they get and you see people every week you get to know them you know right. and one of my clients the other day is like I, I said to him I was like I'm 
competing in my first real competition in October, and I'm like shit in my pants because he asked me how I was doing, and I was just honest with him. I was like, yeah, it was yeah. the first thing on my mind because I had just got done with a workout, and I was like, I felt like shit during that workout. Like I got so much work to do, and you know, Sigong, he, he, I'm sure you can relate to this. He just looks at us and goes, first place, and then walks away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, he said that yeah. to us. He well, like, what, he, what he used to do to me was when I was competing and I'd be fighting. I don't know how he used to do it, but I'd be sparring, and all of a sudden you just see this out of your peripheral vision. Just he somehow you just get in my peripheral vision. He's, he's just hovering in your peripheral vision. Hovering, yeah. I'm fighting like and four feet above the ground. Yeah, he's and, just on a Segway. And, and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't distracting because I had to, you know. But I was just like this, and he was just like, give me his face, like. <laughs> like, you better fuck you better this know. guy up. You better fuck this guy up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I cannot imagine. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. And it's Terrifying. it's just like you know, and you were just like, oh, he's he's giving me the stank face. <laughs> but does he, that mean if I lose, I'm gonna get my ass whooped? He's everywhere yes. and nowhere. He just beats yeah. you up after you got. Yeah, so up. it's just like you get in this, and and that's when you start honing in. You're just like. All right, dude. Sorry, I got to do it to you, but that guy over that guy yeah. over there, that guy, that guy, see, that guy that over guy. there, you know, he's scarier than you. Yeah, so. he, he can he can fuck me up way way worse than you do. So <laughs> I, I can't imagine I can't imagine you know because we've heard stories of you know tournament Seagong from you know because oh, that was kind of God. you know we we kind of came in yeah. right at the tail end of I think when he just stopped competing. But even I mean even you know just just so the listeners know even for us I mean we're only dealing with probably. A small amount of pressure that was probably put on, probably put on UC Fuller. Uh, you know, Seagong was like, "Yeah, he's, to- he's toned down as the years have have gone on, and and, yes. and like uh, like we talked about, everybody everybody grows and evolves in their own way, and and like he was like Sifu had said earlier, how they train smarter now. He also instructs smarter now. Like everybody grows and evolves as time goes on. Absolutely. Um, and he was. You guys are the same age, right? You and Seagull? I'm a, a year old. I'm six six months older than him. Right. Oh, so cool. so that that's crazy, you know, because he's been doing it his whole life, and he's even at the same age or a little older. You're a little older than him. He still had 15 years of training on you, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. And being instructed and instructing years of instructing. When he told me that he started teaching. He was a kid. He started. He was like Shane's age when he started teaching, like 13, 14 years old. But regardless, I digress. The client to complete the point. The client has said to me, "Oh, you know, what are you competing in?" And I told him, so "We're going to do forms. We're going to do weapons. We're going to do fighting." He's like, "So weapons? Like you're going to like fight?" I'm like, "No. It's like it's the same thing as a form. It's an open hand form and a weapon form." And he's like, "Oh, so a form is like the martial arts equivalent of a dance." And I like didn't want to get upset about it because he's not technically wrong <laughs> you know and I was like yes in, in a way in a way you are correct you're massaging me really hard right now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 pillow's gonna go over your face for a second it's okay yeah. is, it, is that your knee it's like just got him in a triangle choke <laughs> is this radiating anywhere yeah. can you feel that yeah. pressure too just much putting him to yeah. sleep why is yeah. that cup over my mouth yeah. <laughs> We're, doing, we're releasing your SCM. <laughs> yeah, no, but but uh, but it's it's you know it's but it's it is because you're it's a, you're expressing yeah you're expressing your body's movement, but you're also expressing your your understanding of movement. You're expressing your understanding of the techniques. You're expressing how you know how much you've trained those techniques. You're expressing, and it becomes part of who you are. It's just it's you know. And Seagong said we were like he's like all right he's like he's like he's like we'll go in October and he's like. He's like, don't make me lose face. He's like, he looked at us. And he was like, first place and everything. He's like, I don't care. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yes, you go. It's so you know, but that, but that's the, but also it's a, but also I think what's cool too that we'll get to experience that we're looking that we're also looking forward to is also the, the pride of getting to help represent the school and get to also you know because for us too I've also been going through not an evolution because I've always had, 
the pride and respect for for UNC going as and for the school. But I think for me, you know, because you know, over the last few years, I've kind of been more in and out, and over the last, you know, since I got my red sash, I've been more consistent in teaching again, and, and it's I've kind of been going through this more revolution of kind of really. Um, kind of like a, a re, reinvigoration of just kind of like how I was when I started, where I was just like, where I, and again, not taking away from how I felt about you guys in the school anyway, but just like this is my this is my fucking school, these are my fucking like I want to like like this is like like something to be so proud of, you know what I mean? Nice. Like it, like it's really and and for the tournament, <laughs> you know, and for and especially in the tournament, you show up in the uniform, and hopefully I'll have a jacket by that point because everybody has a kung fu jacket except me, which uh. I'm kind of upset about. But that's okay. You don't have a jacket. Have Shut a jacket. up, John. Oh my god, I, I have a jacket. I know. Hopefully, like my mom has a kung fu jacket. The, most thing, the thing I'm excited most about Ryan's black sash is that he might actually order the good uniforms again. <laughs> I can get some oh, more yeah. uniforms. <laughs> That's so, oh god, that's so funny. Yeah, um, but um, even with the self-expression thing, it's like for the longest time while I've been training, and I'm still understand trying to understand it. But it's like you know, again, kind of the the Bruce Lee quote of like, oh, like martial arts or kung fu is like the ultimate form of self-expression, and I'm mm-hmm. always like, man, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, you know, because I'm thinking it's like you show me movement and then I do the movement. Like, what am I? How is that? It's not like art. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm painting my, you know. But it's kind of like. Me kind of, even as we're talking now, kind of like rediscovering what that actually means. And I'm still, again, I don't have a full understanding of it, but that, yeah. like, it, it, it's, what's cool about it is it's like, yeah, it's you intentionally self-expressing, but there's so much um, unintentional self-expressing. Because, again, it's just someone, you don't realize that the process of you learning something and then recreating it or taking what you know and creating something else just by itself is self-expression, which is kind of cool. Like the, like, the system in martial arts is just innately self-expressive, which is really... Mm-hmm really cool and that's something that can kind of just fall under the radar if you're not understanding that you know mm-hmm. kind of you lose that kind of cool i don't want to say esoteric element of the martial arts but a, a much more cool artistic element of it yeah, and know? i think i said in 17 you know it's like it's 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 something utilized in war that we have synthesized into a tool that we use to conquer ourselves you know mm-hmm. so it's like, it's like the conquering of the self you're not going to like a county war. park and beheading people and dogs going full well, it's the, more love being kung fu guy at the park the, the, yeah. the art part of that uh traditionally was uh for the warrior right um because you weren't doing war all the time mm. right there's time to be a warrior and there's time to come home so a lot of times that whole avenue of it was to keep uh, whoever was on the battlefield as a useful member of society. A lot of things that we don't have nowadays because a lot of the veterans and people who've seen combat don't have uh, those that privy to be that type of person. That, you know, you, you go kill people, then you go home, and then you go to your job. And you, you know, so mm. uh, that whole art part of it was to keep people sane. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, there's a purpose to it, right? Because there was a time to kill people, right? But when you go home, your wife piss you off. You're not going to take your katana sword and cut her head off. You know what I mean? <laughs> cut right. her head off. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times these warriors, they, they, they practice calligraphy. They practice music. They practice uh, art. They practice a lot of things to keep their, their mentality from just being that ferocious person on the battlefield hmm. you know so the art piece of that was a tool you know yes of self-expression but it was also to keep people in line in terms of the community to help build up 
that community because mm. if you were a warrior back then you were kind of like the, the go-to guy when something happened they would call you up and you would go and defend the country but then you had to come back you know what i mean and you had to be that that person who was uh one of those people who's most upheld in the community Mm. Right, like martial artists back then were thought of like governors, man. They were like held in high esteem and high integrity. You know what I mean? So you couldn't just be an asshole, just being around, just just killing people, because then you you would be that person or a criminal. <laughs> you right, know right. what I'm saying? So that whole art part of it is, and people get a misconception of that. It's like I, I, I just want to learn how to break necks. Right, right, right. But if you real, if you see. You know, going to, you know, taking, you know, the greatest fighters, you know, that lived, you know, they were famous while they were fighting, but outside of fighting, what did they do? Mm. What was their life like? You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're good in the cage, you're good in the ring, but what else are you good at? Mm. Right. You know Doing cocaine and getting tigers. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. I mean, I'll yeah. fuck you up. You know? <laughs> and beat the shit out of you with this pigeon. I swear he does the greatest Mike Tyson voice I've ever heard. Come on, man. Kill you with this pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just beats you to death with a New York bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, dirtiest dude, bird. Dude, wasn't it like one of his first fights? Thank you, by the way. Mm. One of his first fights, like when he was younger, was like he had pigeons and then like a kid like killed one of them. Can you imagine that? Like you, yeah. you not you have you being so ignorant that like you don't like. And, but also, Mike Tyson isn't a fighter yet. But you, you like you killed Mike Tyson's <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of your mind. And also, like you know, when he was nine, he was like one seventy five. Right? <laughs> he, he was like a fucking. He was like a full man. Yeah. Because you look at him when he was like fifteen, like sixteen. He was like beating up like professional fighters. Dude, you ever see him when he was twenty years old, dude? He was just like. He looked like you. <laughs> no, seriously, it was just like all chest, all chest yeah. and all neck. You watch someone of that old. size, like the way that he would like shadow box and move. Holy yeah. shit! Oh, it's terrifying. The way he yeah. would move is like, it's incredible. I, I mean, it's all legs. It's all legs. If you really watch him box, it's all from the stance. Well, that's it the thing too. With stance. Just to go back to fighting for a second, and this has been something else that that you guys, uh, you and C- uh, Seagull harp on all the time that like. It is so crazy. Like, once you delve into it, like, you can kind of, like, I feel like you can kind of tiptoe around footwork and kind of get this false air of confidence. Like, let's say if you're just starting to fight, like, oh, I can punch good and all this stuff. But once mm-hmm. you start, like, you set the buckets. You get stuff in there for, I can punch good I can and punch all this good stuff. a little bit. Give me some of that sweet good. tea right there. I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A, I'm mm. not a smart man, Jenna. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With that I banjo. Mm, I tell, I'll tell you something. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't catch your eyes. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. No, we, are, we are just like... We just spiral into like it's a, a few inches of insanity, then we just get back on the road. And that's why we have, you know, like I, should, I feel like I should, I should be in grits right now. That's what I feel. Oh like. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. Um, you got magic grits. Magic, <laughs> magic grits. <laughs> the physics of grits are different on your stone. <laughs> um, but uh, do youths. But um, but it's like. You know, it's something as simple as, you know, we'll do training tools of, like, we did it on Friday of, like, hey, all right, we'll take two buckets, the universal buckets, stack them up, and just move around the fucking things. Move around them, and it's like, holy shit, like... You realize, and it's not even just like it's it's hard. It's also physically exhausting. Like like fighting, it just taxes your body in a different way. Where you're like, man, my fucking there's muscles in my ankles that hurt. Not even though I had muscles on my ankles. Like you're like you're like you try to move, and it's like 
God yeah. damn! Like you, you realize how it's all it, it. It's humbling in the sense of man. Like I can't move around this bucket. And this bucket is not punching me at all, or moving, <laughs> or knows how to fight. So like you, you, you fighting someone who knows how to fight and knows how to move, dude. I, I mean, it's just it's it's such a humbling experience to like because footwork. It, it, it is just a, it is a whole new level of, like, again, like, as I was saying, like, someone who was, like, like me when I was younger, like, I yelled, oh, I'm throwing eagle kick when I'm fighting, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Yeah. And I remember I did that one time, and Seagull's like, you gotta calm the fuck down. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, you're getting froggy, you gotta calm the fuck down. <laughs> uh, just, just, just the precision, the precision is, is, is insane. And, and, and if they say they're gonna hit you with something, they hit you with something. And we're constantly referencing you and Seagull on the show, and, and just, like, how, okay. how just refined things are oh you know? yeah you know that didn't happen don't just happen right? oh no no seafood no, yeah we know that doesn't just happen but it's just it's not the impression the, the the level to which that we're at that we speak from i feel like it's easily you know it's easy to conflate being the hosts of shows as also being on top you know oh. what i mean and it's like oh, oh i make God. it very obvious i'm just in the kiddie pool guys yeah. like, I'm, I'm like i haven't even got my water I'm wings on yet i'm pretending to swim like, on the lawn i'm not even like, in the pool just, yeah dude my yeah, feet are wet and that's it i'm barely, <laughs> I'm barely even on the slip and slide yeah. you know what i mean like that's how you yeah. got to that level like, yet, there's no like, water you're just getting burned yeah it's <laughs> just like it's a friction slide so, you know we, we talk we talk so much about like where you were and where you've come and and where you came from from uh-huh. uh, and it it speaks to me because we started at the same age. I was also 23 when I started training, or 22 okay. or 23 years old when I started training. You okay. know, so it g- gives me hope. Hmm. It gives me hope a little bit, but at the same time, it's 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 astonishing. It's it it it, yeah. it blows us away that that in that time period, in that short time period, you know, because like when you, people start when they're like five, yeah. they're like okay. You know what I mean? But to start in your twenties and to be at the skill level that you're at, and to also be sitting here on our, you know, in our, in my, on in my living room, you know, like <laughs> we really appreciate you being here. Oh, um, yeah, thank you. you. Yeah, I appreciate and, it. Uh, Absolutely, I appreciate it. And you know, like, like to, to, to hear where he came <clears throat> from. I want everybody listening to know that, like, this man will fuck you up with exactly what he says he's gonna fuck you <laughs> up with. For people who've been on the fuck up side, it's of it. like, it's like, it's uh, you hear, uh, you're hearing these stories. What I want all the listeners to understand right now that if he's like, I'm going to hit you with my left hand, he's going to hit you with his left hand. <laughs> it's going to happen. And it, when he wants it to. And you've all, <laughs> you, and you know? also, you, you also one time, I, the, the most notable part of, I, I must have been my, my green or purple sash test. I think I was fighting, I was fighting you the last round and I'm not even, I mean, I'm not even, you're barely standing at the last, like your last round of sparring, especially in the higher, I mean, you're, there, there are so many times where, like, I'll clinch just to get thrown, just so mm. I have, like, a second to lay on the ground. Yeah, like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, like, I'll be like, yeah. oh, me. And then, like, someone will throw me, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let me milk this for a second. Let me get back up. Yeah. Okay, we're good. But, like, I remember it was, like, you punched me so hard in in the, what, me? What, what felt yes. What, what, what I just felt, well, as <laughs> as a disclaimer, I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> I well, remember it, nothing. It felt it felt hard, but you punched me right, like you said, in in the solar plexus. And I literally, I always describe it as it was like it was like a small spirit was escaping my my stomach. You punched me and I went oh, <laughs> I just fell. But it was one of those things where people were like oh, I could take a shot. I can take it, dude. No, you like, can't. Like you getting hit there or getting like a good shot in the liver, it's like y- you were like I couldn't, I physically couldn't breathe. Like I'm like you're not thinking about fighting. No, nope. think about like when is my next breath gonna come? Yeah, you know. Seafood Nick did that to me once when I was like an orange sash. He hit me in the liver. And I just went down. He was just like, sorry. Sideways eye, like yeah. sorry. <laughs> is that Seafood Nick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seafood yeah. Nick's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I hope to get everybody on here eventually. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. No one so, is safe. Yeah, we, yeah, we, awesome. we, always, we always say Sifu Nick is, is, uh, is super deceiving because he's like, he's always very, he's so very, chill. He's very chill. Yeah. He's, he's like the chillest. It's but so then so. like, I've seen him yell like once. Oh, really? I saw him yell once. Really? <laughs> We're like, really? Yeah. He doesn't even yell in class. He's yeah. like, well, I guess you guys are tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then he'll, but then he will, then he, he's, a, he's another him, one. He, he will fuck you up. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Real bad. Real bad. He's like missing a disc and it's just like, how? He's so much more flexible and strong than all of us. Yeah. Oh, oh man. It, um so I want we wanted to ask. Yes. Oh, were you about to were you about to ask to say something? Well, uh, but what, what you, you you could ask. Yeah. I was going to go say ahead. what what is what's your favorite weapon to train? Uh you cuz I I read your little talking notes there. Yeah. And <laughs> it would be surprising, but it's not the tiger hooks. Hmm. My favorite weapon to train is the staff. Mm. Staff. I used to train a staff all the time. All the time. Um because it's so cool because there's so many different ways you can move with it so many different ways you can move with it so many different types of training you can do with it because it's very versatile it can be very dangerous but it's unless you're you know you're not gonna stab the floor rip up a car- carpet because it's got a blade on the end of it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you can train as hard as you want with it and the only thing you're going to destroy is the staff right you know mm-hmm. so you remember training and spinning it and practicing, you know, how to slam it on the floor and the the the, the uh, sitting tiger stance, and I did that, and the whole tip just shattered. It was like, whoosh. I was like, fuck, I love this staff. You know? <laughs> you know? But you know, you get to learn uh, really how to produce power with a staff. Mm. You know, because immediately people they you know, staff they learn a couple forms, and they immediately they want to move on to the blades. And I was like that too, you know. But again, Sigun just didn't show me form. He would show me techniques. Mm. He would show me sets. Yeah. You know? So a lot of those things that I showed you guys, like you know, turning with the stab, forward blossoms, backward blossoms. That was what I trained because that's what he showed me. You know, right? He didn't show me quantitative off the bat. Here's our here's do this, do these drills, do these drills, do these drills. You know, so again, let's like say like I came up a little different than you guys did. You know, it wasn't all right. You ready? Here, here's the next form. It was wasn't like that. You know, I would train the forms. You see, when you know, then he would give me certain things to practice, and then I would just practice that until he forgot he showed it to me. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I showed you that. <laughs> yeah, here, do this now. You know, right, right, right. And to to privy to your statement earlier about asking for stuff. You, every student goes through mm-hmm. it, and I asked for something once and only mm-hmm. once, <laughs> you know. And then you learn not to ask for stuff, right? So you don't have to ask for stuff, okay? In order for you guys to learn more material and move on, you have to show what you learn. It's all self-generated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I like again, I've showed you guys certain forms that you guys have been practicing for a couple of years, right? But not to pat myself on the back or anything like that, I would have been done with those forms. Hmm. Because I would just do nothing but just practice those till I fucking threw up from them. Mm-hmm. Because I would want more. I was hungry enough to practice those forms, to get that form down, and not expect to get the next form, but just practice that form. Because I knew sooner or later, if Seagull caught me doing it, he was like, ooh, all right. Here, do this now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't have to ask for anything. I would just practice my ass off, hoping that he would catch me practicing, and then be like, hmm, all right, here, put that in there. Oh, no, you're doing that wrong. Fix this. And then do this. Yeah? On one night, it was like, all right, remember that shit I showed you? Right. So we're going to be doing self-defense with that last night. But I would be the only person who would remember the set. Mm. And then we would do techniques, and it was like, I'd be like, ah, ah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it got like that with everything, with sparring, with fighting, with everything. I would never have to ask for anything. I would just practice the shit out of it, and then I would just keep getting shit because I was practicing so much, you know? And it got to the point where <clears throat> I was just practicing, and that's all I did. I was training like seven days a week. I would be there on Sundays, three to a couple, like a couple hours. Because one of my uh, good tra- uh, training brothers, uh, Brian Gappa, he was a little younger than me, but he started training before I did, right? So I would be an orange sash, and he was a red sash, right? So around the time we started, learned, started sparring and started really getting into sparring. Right, so he's about my height, my body type, everything. Like we're kind of like he's white and I'm caramel, and we're kind of like, <laughs> like the doppelgangers of each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would come down every Friday night and come look, you know, and he would pick me out every out of everybody, and we just like spar. I mean, like spar. I'm an orange sash, you know, not and he would kick me with like full kicks, you know, stuff like that, and punches and stuff like that. He had a physical phys- uh, physical disability where uh, he only had two fingers in one hand. Mm. So this had five and this had two, right? But he was the best fighter that Shirjava produced. The wow. best fighter Shirjava produced, you know. Yeah. And then Siegel would have to modify some of the weapons because he couldn't do double weapons, mm. you know. So like the butterfly swords, you guys learned, you know, he would like modify the form so because he couldn't grasp it with the other hand. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he had his own versions of all these forms, right? But it be it would be the form, right? But it would just certain techniques would be modified because the, that hand couldn't grasp the weapon mm-hmm. in a certain certain way, mm-hmm. right? But he would pick me out every Friday, and we just fight. We just fight, and we became close. You know, somebody's you know like you guys. You know, we smacking each other up, and you're like, "I love you, man. I love you, man." <laughs> and, you, know, you know, so he was just, and he was in the like hard. He taught me iron body and showed me we work iron body like all the time, like smacking shins together and stuff and. And the point is, just like you know what, we should work out Sundays. I say, fuck yeah, we should work out Sundays. You know, so I was doing, we were doing that. I was doing that for like six months with him. We would just come, we'd hit bags and all kind of stuff. So come Friday nights, and I would start sparring with people and start tapping people up, and everybody's looking at me like, there's something different about you. What have you been doing? I'd be like, nothing, nothing. Yeah, this absolutely nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, secret sauce must remain secret. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the but same. That, but it was that understanding of, of always being hungry and practicing and training and doing that will get you where you want to be. You know, so there's no, there's no blue pill. There's no red pill. There's no shortcut. And you've heard that numerous, numerous times from all different types of self-help people, whatever. You know, I'm not a self-help her- talker or, or whatever, but it's, it's true. You know what I'm saying? So in terms of martial arts, you know, I, you, you hear Siegel say all the time, do your homework. And there's a reason for that. Do your homework, right? So anything that he's ever taught me at first would be cool. But in my mind, it's like, all right, well, how do you use it? 
So I never wanted to learn something that I couldn't use. Mm-hmm. Way to avoid. You know what I'm saying? If you learn me a ti- tiger form, obviously I can't go around tigering people in the face all the time. <laughs> right? But how, how, what can I do? How can I cha- take these principles and use it? How do I use it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we would have a class on, on that, but a lot of times we didn't because there was so much stuff to practice. Right? So what do you do? You would have to do your own research. You would have to uh, understand the basics of fighting, right? And this is a misconception that people have when they practice uh, those styles, like snake style and monkey style and all those kind of styles and stuff like that. You know, those, again, were, were created by masters uh, who used and understand the concepts of nature and the predatory nature of these animals, how they would dominate their prey, mm-hmm. right? So... Right. If this, you know, if this snake is dominating all these rodents and it has no legs, no arms, and it's the deadliest fucking land creature, I, I got to see what it's doing. I got to, I can use that. I can emulate that. You know what I'm saying? So that understanding, you know, I want to be able to take that and use that, right? And understand what makes that so deadly, right? Mm-hmm. How that technique works. How can I apply it? Right, that's the kind of stuff that I wanted. That the most I wanted to learn. You know what I'm saying? So if I'd learned a set or learn a form, I would I would get those movements down as best I could, and then I would start breaking it apart and start seeing how can I apply it on on fighting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I would get fucked up. <laughs> you know, because those techniques don't work unless you have an underlying basic understanding of basic fighting. Mm. They don't work. I'm the first one to tell you. They don't work. So if you learn a snake form, you learn a tiger form, you learn this form, whatever form, drunkard form, the shit won't work unless you know, already know how to fight. You know, so if you don't know how to throw a straight punch or jab or cross or invert or front kick, ground, you don't know how to throw those things effectively, fuck learning the uh, you know, drunkard form. It's not going to do nothing for you. You know? So all that kind of stuff is just like adding sazon, adobo, paprika, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, and it's making seasoning. Yeah, yeah, some seasoning, making, 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 making that good chili and stuff vo- like that. Just violence, icing. all just bland <laughs> pots of boiling chicken, <laughs> yeah. spice. You know? <laughs> you know, so the teachers are like the meanest Carvel ice cream cakes, like imaginable. <laughs> yeah. just just you the cookie crumble. Some of the Gordon Ramsay's with black belts on. That was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fudge yeah. you the whales here to fuck you up. <laughs> Give me your money. You know, so you know you you've been shown the drunk uh, the drunken mantis form. You've been shown the, the leopard form. Uh, you know so. You know it's not that you guys are not training it. You know, but again, it's everybody's personality. It's everybody's mentality. You know, be, you know I show you that form, and in your head training it, it's a very overwhelming form, right now for you, right. And the same thing for the leopard form for you, you know, and it's this is the state this is the stage you're at, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for you to get to that to be able to take those movements and apply them to sparring, there's that gray area mm-hmm. where you have to be really working that form to get that down, and then start understanding and start breaking it apart. You know what I'm saying? So there's a process to it. Right? There's a process that a lot of people don't want to go through because Siegel has this uh, saying, and it's pro- and it's very true, that motherfuckers are lazy. 
<laughs> I think the Buddha said that. Yeah. Motherfuckers yeah. lazy. Yeah. There's a process to it. So if you want to learn what these movements do and how to apply them, you have to go through that process. You have to train it. Mm. You have to get those movements down before you can start even thinking about applying it on somebody. You know. So if you can't do a straight, you know, you can't give a two piece on somebody mm. or throw a front kick at somebody, hit somebody with a with a basic front kick. You know, all those techniques, you just have them and you just look good doing them, flashing around, and you won't understand what they're for or understand right. how to apply them, understand the, the concept of each form, because each animal has a different types of uh, concept, mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think what's interesting, too, that I have seen from, from training in the system, but also, like, you kind of alluded to it with the horse stance and learning how to fight, is that, you know... You don't necessarily need. I, I feel like for us, like the le- like you can kind of like you guys like oh I can train someone to fight in six months like I can you know you do the basics whatever but it's like what I find is with all of the other information that is layered onto the basics that that you know um, you and Sigong have and you guys teach it just it it de- again especially looking at uh, you guys and the other black sessions like the the level of fight IQ but also just like comfortability with fighting and movement and technique that it develops is I, I find is just such a much so much more well-rounded where you know and, and maybe you can speak to this in experience but like even for me and this is not at all bashing any other systems just differences in what I see where where you know I'll see like you know a lot of times you know see guys who have like really good technique that are like kickboxers or stuff that do you know do stuff like that and they'll kind of just stand in front of each other and have good technique but they're just kind of banging they'll be like oh couple techniques low line roundhouse then they'll wait and mm-hmm. the other person will throw where right. like for us, and not saying that everyone fights like that, but like in me, in my experience, getting the shit kicked out of me at our school, the 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 the, the, the may, method, it may sound like we no, just no, no, put you guys in the ring and just like, all right, no, no, who's next? <laughs> son, son, son. <laughs> just dragging people off, the and dragging people back on. It's the wagon guy from. <laughs> um, but it's it's the sorry, um, but it's the understanding, just the understanding of movement and. Watching you and Sigong fight and the other black sisters fight, it's just a, it just feels like a totally different world from like, you know, it's just not just like standing there and throwing good techniques. It's the understanding of movement, moving around your opponent, and in and out, and timing and breaking up the momentum and reading your. It's just, and I know other other schools and styles do that. It's just yes. what I see versus what I experience on me. Yes. It's like it's it's any, overwhelming. Any any good school trains their students that way, mm. no matter what style. Any good school trains their students that way. So a student. Like you said, the student, I can teach anybody how to fight effectively within six months. They're not going to fight well, but they should be able to be, have some kind of rudimentary technique to defend themselves. If they're training regularly and they're, and they're mentally into it. It doesn't take that long. You know. So the understanding of all that uh, mental training and emotional training and goes along with just learning the techniques that's what takes the time mm. you know you have to get in there you have to experience it you have to get in there you have to understand what works what doesn't work and what i mean by that is uh my body type is different from ed's body type right so i don't remember we had that that class where i blew my calf out and we were practicing kicks mm. right your stretch is way better than my stretch right but my kicks were smacking the pads way harder than you were, right? Because it's not just the stretch. It's the, the linking of the body and the movement that makes the kick work. You That's know what I'm point. saying? 
And you only get that from actually practicing those kicks and understanding your body type, right? Because I don't have good stretch. I have a you know decent stretch this way, but straddle stretch never had even as a kid. You know what I mean? So my body had to adapt to certain movements and and and, uh, and stances to to have that type of flexibility for certain movements where I didn't where certain types of flexibility was lacking. Right, because I didn't grow up in China and have you know some fat Chinese guys pushing on my joints and and doing all this kind of shit and, and breaking me apart where I can be Gumby and find the tra- fat guy, yeah. sit on him, yeah. sit on him, find the fat guy, sit on him. Yeah. Just training you with borderline child abuse. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've seen those videos. You've seen those, right? Yeah, the kids lying. Yeah, getting pressed into their splits and yeah. stuff. It's I mean, hardcore. Yeah. We had a demo class. Demo used to be way different. Like many years ago, demo demo was way different than it is now. Demo now is a lot about the show, and demo then was a lot about the like we're gonna get your body right to like be the best, the best pro, you know. Uh, um, what's the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Performer, Performer yeah. that you could be. And we had a class where we were doing the assisted stretches, and it was just me and Logan like crying in the corner somewhere, <laughs> like oh god, you know, like you're just getting your hips pushed on oh, like, to, oh, to, to oh. sit further into the split. It's like, ugh. Dude, I, I don't it's even rough. need any assist. I just relax and I just like, there's <laughs> 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 enough force to just hurt. Yeah, me. and you're very, and you're very extremely lucky that way. Some people just don't have it. And, and I don't need any do. assistance. When I stretch, I can cry on my own. Exactly. <laughs> I will start crying. Just so I don't need any hamstrings, and he'll cry if you want. To. <laughs> <laughs> so I think each of my legs are like 85, 90 pounds. So it's just like Jesus Christ. You're just being wrong. You're just being propped up by like you're just being propped up by like two eighth graders. So I I just fear like another year or two when you start getting into how your body moving and you start kicking shit oh yeah. i just fear that because that's that's just like a telephone pole coming at you at like 30 miles just superman just swinging. <laughs> well, even yeah. even it's watching, happening like we'll, it's be, happening. we'll be at crunch and just watching him like overhand like the full-sized heavy bag and it's just like wah, 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 wah. like it's it's move like he, the way it moves folds the bag there's yeah. just so much man there that you, just, he just you are it. you are you are you're a lot of man. Yeah, yeah. You are a lot. Milan can't a make lot of any man, more man out of you. You're all man, John. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, no, I like to have fun with it. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's cool. Uh, yeah. He's a big guy. That is a fear. That is a fear we share. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And you know, and since since the three of us have committed to doing this, you know, obviously test prepping, uh, training together, keeping each other motivated, and we understood that we're the kinds of people that need some huge big external uh source of validation in order to continue working as hard as we are so we started a podcast that has been motivating us and i can I, you know i don't really know for me but like for you guys i see the difference i see the difference in the two of you since we've started doing this and training together in like the past six months of doing this show yeah. together it's really yeah. night and day and to Seriously. continue on and continue going forth i'm really excited to see where we go yeah. Not even just with this, but just as martial artists. Like, forget the podcast and forget people watching us and all that shit, but just as individuals training. I'm really excited to see yeah. where we go. None of it would be possible without without you. <laughs> yeah. Without, without the instructors. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just a helper. I'm I'm oh. I'm just a helper. Well, yeah. Sifu yeah. is, is a really but, important part of our school. Sigong in our first uh, the first interview we had, yeah, he's the guy who who created the school and runs it. But Sifu is like the close number two. You know, he's he's a really important guy. Each right of us hand. each of us have very important memories with Sifu, and and you know, me, me being such a short time period, 
in this school. You know, it's really obvious that Sifu it leaves a very vivid handprint or, or on on each of our techniques, and you know, and faces probably, and, and faces <laughs> at any point in time. Yeah, other other, pe- other people are Sifu so and so. Sifu is just Sifu. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You say just Sifu. That's a specific Sifu you're talking about. Yeah. That's 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 proof positive right there. You know. So uh, I appreciate it. We've been going for a couple hours already. Yeah. We're we're an hour two. As as the closing as the closing question, um, do you have any words of advice for up and coming martial artists or people looking to get into the martial arts? It's tough, man. It's tough because. Back back then, when I was a young spry person, there was certain things you can train. You're still very spry. My face and brain would like to, uh, <laughs> and it's still yeah, ringing. The spryness you know? is very much yeah. there, Steve. Uh, but continue, sorry. Thank you. Uh, there was only so many things to train. You know what I mean? You can train boxing, you can train this, karate, kung fu, you know, you know styles of kung fu. Uh, there's so much stuff to get into now, you know, which is good, you know, but it's also very overwhelming, mm. you know what I mean? So you have to, first uh, thing you have to understand or you should ask yourself is what do you want? What do you want? Right? So just training martial arts, that's just like saying, all right, I'm just going to play music. Or I'm just going to do I'm going to do sports. Yeah, I'm going to do sports. <laughs> I'm going to play sports. Okay? Well, what kind of sport you want to play? I don't know sports, man. Sports. <laughs> you know? So you have to find what you you jive with, what, what you groove with. You know what I'm saying? So for me, yeah, I thought everybody should train more traditional. You know? And I saw a little question there about UFC and stuff like that. You know, Back when UFC came out, I thought UFC, UFC was the devil. You know, anybody who trained UFC was turning their back on martial arts and stuff like that, you know, because that was all there was, you know. And it was like media loves to create controversy, right? And it's the, it's the mixed martial arts guys against the traditional guys. And, you know, if you don't know this, you're, you're, your martial arts sucks, you know, but if you don't have this, then you can't do this. And, and it like was... Like the unfair comparison videos where you have like a 23-year-old MMA fighter uh, sparring a 50-year-old Tai Chi practitioner. Exactly. And smacks the shit out of him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's, it's, it had to go through that process to get to where it is today. Um, but back then it was not fun, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you, you you know, and then they all they made predictions about everything. So when UFC was like birthing in its heyday, they said within five years traditional martial arts would be obsolete. There'd be no traditional martial arts in it, you know. And five years after that, ten years after that, it, it did like a complete one eighty. You feel you see you see more and more people getting into schools, more and more people getting into traditional martial arts, more and more people getting into these styles. Why? Because of UFC. Right, because a lot of these fighters who are at the top of their game, the top level, top echelon, you know, you can't just get there just be like, all right, I'm gonna train three months here, then I'm gonna train five months in that, then I'm gonna do this and that, and then get in the cage and think you're gonna be a world champion. This shit don't happen like that. And then you hear GSB talk, and he's like, "So I started in the Kyokushin Karate, and then I do my Jujitsu, and I do my ice bath." <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. Uh, it's it's so you know and it, and nowadays people get mixed messages, 
you know what I mean, gets mixed messages. You know, so you have to find what you want, right? So if you jive with a style, train that style, right? So, you know, I always knew I wanted to do Kung Fu, you know, but I didn't know what style of Kung Fu. So I've been to like three or four different types of Kung Fu uh, schools, you know. None of them really jived, you know, until you have to find your niche. You have to find your home. Once you find it, dig in like a fucking tick. Don't leave, right? Because at first, you're going to suck. You're going to suck. You're not going to be good at it. You're going to get smacked around. You're going to get tossed around. That's the process, you know? So people think, oh, it's just because you take martial arts in a year, you should be able to fight well. No. You'll have techniques, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know how to fight well. You know what I'm saying? That process is is ongoing. You know, I don't think I fight well. I fight okay. I back to different. <laughs> I fight like okay. Dog doubt. Yeah. You know? If you just fight okay, I'm fucking asleep. You know, we were, we were <laughs> talking about that before. It's like you say all the time. It's like yeah, I'm, I'm not that good at fighting. And Jenny's like, he's really fucking good at fighting. I'm like, I know. I look at training. Yeah. You know. And in my head, gooding fighting means, you know, when I watch people who can effortlessly apply techniques, you know, and, and do it well and things like that. To me, that's what makes, you know, somebody good at fighting. Not because they can just fold somebody in half and, you know, if you can move around, you know, I'm, and I'm thinking of uh, certain fighters and, and I'm at no shape form a UFC groupie whatsoever mm-hmm. you know I like watching it but I you know people say oh you know that fighter you know that fighter like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know because I don't talk martial arts with people you know like you guys you talk you have friends and you talk martial arts with people and stuff like that and I used to do that back in the day but I don't talk martial arts with people anymore because it just pissed me off hmm. yeah you know, know we've seen that in uh, happen in real time yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I mean because the first thing they want to do is, you know, it's like, you know, my, my pee stream is longer than your pee stream. See how my pee stream getting all the, and that, you know, and you're measuring, you're measuring and yeah. you're not having a general conversation. You want to have a general conversation with me, martial arts, I'll talk to you about it. But if you just want to compare how much your dick is getting in, in the toilet than mine, you know, you know, I got you beat by a little bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, but great. you know, pants are baggy for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, traditional martial arts, non-traditional martial arts. Again, traditional, modern doesn't exist. You just train in martial arts. Whatever vibes with you, you got to stick with it, right? Now, this is the problem. So, training with martial arts, there has to be certain stigmatas to go with it: discipline, respect, all integrity, all this kind of stuff. That is lacking now because certain schools you go into to train martial arts have that gym mentality. And and it's just my opinion, but there's realities to this shit that I'm talking about. Training martial arts with a gym mentality is a recipe for disaster. A recipe for disaster. Right? So you have somebody who trains in a gym, learning whatever, and he gets pretty good and smashing skulls and beating people up and yada 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 but it's not taught that restraint that humility that respect factor right and he's hanging out with his buddies one night grooving somebody bumps him oh yeah well man you know and then stuff stuff starts happening he talks to this girl and it's that same guy's girl that he bumps and you know all of a sudden and then they go out to the parking lot and then he tries that technique he tried in class and fucking cripples this guy for life 
now that's something not only legally you have to deal with, but mentally you have to deal with that for the rest of your life. Mm. Just because you wanted to be a fucking tough guy that you crippled this motherfucker for life. Right. You know, and not just like, you know, physical crippled, like you could have like mentally crippled this dude for life. You know, somebody's son, brother, father, what have you. You know, that's that's a big, big thing to to realize. You know, so the whole gym mentality with martial arts, I don't jive with. Because they don't teach that in those type of arenas. You know, any kind of good uh, UFC gym, UFC school, their privilege teaching you is respect. Because if you don't have it, they just put you in the cage and whoop your ass until you have it. You know, so if you go to like a real, you know, they're shaking hands, they're bowing to each other, they're working, it's a community, right? So traditional, non-traditional, that's the underlying principles of training any martial arts, discipline, respect, integrity. If you don't have that, you're just a fucking meathead. And the chickens will come home to roost sooner Mm -hmm. or later. Something will happen or... You know, and you know it's it it's not something to be taken lightly because you're you're training techniques that hurt people. You know what I'm saying? That's like teaching a 14 year old kid knife techniques, making him so proficient, and then all right, anybody fucks with you in school, you know you know right, what to right, do. Right. You know, without teaching them the, the the repercussions of that, there's no concept, there's no understanding of repercussions. You know what I'm saying? So everybody should be responsible for their own own safety, own security. If that means getting in the, in, the, in a gym and learning how to box and learning how to take a shot and hit somebody with it, so you understand what that's about, then that's what you, do. Mm. you know what I mean? Fuck traditional martial arts. Understand your own security. Thank you. Um, you know we are eternally grateful for you and the. You know, the effort and the energy you put into the school, you put into us, and you put into yourself with training. So thank you um, for, you know, being that teacher, that role model, and just, you know, helping us along the way yeah. as well. So. We, we really, yeah. we, I don't think I could have made it as far as I have without you. So I really appreciate you being here and doing this episode and everything. Yeah, all, all the work I'm that not, you I'm not going to do it. All the work that you put into us. I'm not going to do it. All the work that you've put into us does not go unnoticed and unrecognized, even though it may seem like... Sometimes I'm not practicing the things you told me to practice enough, you know. Um, but you know, it's it, you're 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 always there. You're always there in the back of our minds. Um, and now, so for the people listening, go on fucking YouTube and look at the the treasure trove that is on the Authentic Shaolin Kung Fu YouTube page of the episodes of Talk Real Get Real of the uh, the the YouTube Mythbusters series. Give yeah, a follow, give a like. Um leave comments, yeah. leave positive comments. That was comments, like so we'll 6 find years you. ago and mm. still getting fucking comments about and it. And you're still getting comments, you're still yeah. getting views, you're still yeah. getting listens and the people want more. The people want more. I know. Um, I'm very busy. I'm very busy. You're a dad. You're working. You got a lot going on. Yeah. Which, which, and you you're still training and teaching, which is which is yeah. another another thing that people need to, to to realize that like all this shit and all the accomplishments, while being a husband and a father and a professional and a manager, and it's like it's all doable. You just have to have the discipline to do it. Now that being said, 
go on there because there is even though it's it's a few years old like the you get to you get a a a, a front row seat to Siung and Sifu together you know Siung and Sifu together talking about all this stuff together so more of this stuff i mean we venture out of martial arts a lot and they they stay locked into it and they have just it's 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 this times a thousand, you know. To not give it all away, but it's 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 this times a thousand. So definitely, look up Talk Real Get Real, and on the Authentic Shaolin Kung Fu YouTube page and the MythBuster series, especially if you go to the early ones, you see this like ugly fat ginger dude get thrown around, <laughs> and then eventually he's replaced by a much more handsome caramel man. Oh, <laughs> Pokemon of all humans. Yeah, get thrown around by, uh, into a dead. handsome caramel dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cover of the most boring version of Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, it's like Edna. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks again, and John, this is your job. Thank you, Sifu, for sharing your time, your stories, and your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our patrons. And this has been the Martial Mind Podcast. Yeah.